March 29th, 2021. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to another episode of the Mind Virus podcast. Find us at um, mindvirus.show on the web. I'm Jordan Bruno. I'm Bobby Flood. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, it's great. It's great. It's a bright, windy Monday morning. Yeah, the wind was pretty impressive this morning. Did you get outside and experience that a little bit only when i heard something in the backyard blow over and knock into some deck chairs yeah i peeked out there saw how windy it was we uh at the unnamed location where we broadcast in utah (laughs) we get a lot of wind and uh i don't know is it getting worse and worse the last few years or is it just that we're noticing it more because it seems like we're getting a lot of wind you know why it's so windy here? Is it at the canyons? Because Salt Lake blows. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's an old joke. I first heard, you know why it's so windy in Utah? Because Idaho sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's an elementary school joke. Yeah. So I've adapted that. No, I, I don't know if I don't think it's been getting worse. I I'm trying to I'm trying to remember and now if I say this I'm going to have to try to find the source which I really not sure I want to because there's so much material but I thought I saw somewhere that Hugh Nibley had pointed out that at the change of an age that you get more adverse weather catacly- natural cataclysm there's like up, earth upheaval mm-hmm. and uh forgive me listeners if I don't go find that but I'll, maybe I will maybe I should go look for that but uh, we are at the change of an age right we've we've crossed over some people say we're not yet there, but uh, 2012 was a significant year because theoretically we've crossed over from Pisces to Aquarius, if you're into the procession of the equinoxes, like I am. But yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing some interesting things you had in the... We're, we're just going to make a quick rundown of, of some current events. I'm feeling a little bit more philosophical today, so we, we've been... Right before the podcast, we were discussing what we should talk about, and we're not entirely sure. Well, we're just going for it. <laughs> as we do. As, as is our standard practice. But uh, in the news, uh, I'm not sure if this made national news, but it made the alternative news. There was a, a container ship, which a container ship's like a big, long ship. We're talking like four football fields long. There's a container ship this week that got into the Suez Canal, and because of a random puff of wind, a big old, you know, and human error, they ended up crosswise in the Suez Canal and blocked the entire thing. Now, if you're not familiar with global trade, the Suez Canal connects essentially the Indian Ocean with the Mediterranean Sea and makes it so that ships coming from the East Indies or China do not have to go all the way around the Horn of Africa to make it to Europe. So it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay. They, when they, I say kind of a big deal, <laughs> it's a big deal. They were saying <laughs> billions of dollars a day while this thing was lodged in there were being lost. 
because the, it blocked so much global trade. Right. It, it, it caused the price of oil to fluctuate by something like 10 or 12, 20% or something like that. And it, it blocked hundreds and hundreds of container ships going both directions. They finally freed it. But anyway, my point is all because of wind. And wind is generally associated with something outside of our control, an act of God. We've discussed this before in the podcast, how earthquakes are listed in your insurance contracts as acts of God. Well, I think they have some new language that they like to use now, but for a long time, and I think still in some contracts, you'll find them listed as acts of God. And the the insurance company does not want to be held accountable for acts of God. (laughs) Who would? I know. <laughs> War, <laughs> terrorism, acts of God. <laughs> you know, we, we, won't, we won't cover you if these things happen. Yeah, there was, as there is, there was speculation online about whether or not the Evergreen ship, that was the brand, the company. Yeah, it was called Evergiven. The Evergiven was the name of the ship with the shipping company Evergreen. There was some speculation as to whether or not it was intentional or what was the real purpose behind it, if it was really an accident. The thing that was bizarre to me was that how long it took to free it. It took a, like a whole week or so. Yeah, I saw some great pictures where they had these huge track hose working on digging it out because the bow of it, that's the front, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think the bow is the front because the stern is the back. That makes sense. But that, you know, I can convince Bobby of a lot of things right here in the podcast real time. (laughs) When we're talking real time, flying by the seat of our pants, speaking off the cuff, you know, we make, we make plenty of mistakes. (laughs) But yeah, it it rammed into the, into the shore. Um, I mean, these are huge ships. These are like cruise, cruise ship sized vessels, big cruise ship sized vessels. Anyway, it, it digs, it goes into the shore and it digs in. And then you see these pictures of these track hose, uh, trying to dig it out. And they, that ship dwarfs those huge track hose, right. you know, makes them look like child's toys. I think they ended up getting it out by refloating it somehow. Um, anyway, well, I think, in, they, in, I think they, they call it refloating it when they get it off of the yeah, off I don't, the, and I don't know uh, what they off of the earth. I don't know if they did that were successful. I, I just heard about the news that it's out. I think like it's this out. morning. But for those for those who are keeping track of our uh, technical jargon, the stern is the back side of the boat, the part that is not moving forward. The bow is the front. The port is on the left side. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at the front, the bow, <laughs> and the starboard is the right side. If you're looking towards the front. I'll have to look up, why don't they just say rear, front, right, left? Why do they have to make up these words that mean things that we all say every day that we all know the meaning of? Well, in a lot of ways, direction is relative, right? It's relative to either landmarks or heavenly bodies or to you personally, Sure, right? Port well, side makes sense because that's the way they would pull into the port, right? Like, like if there was a dock, they would pull in with the left side of the yeah. ship up to the... I don't I guess. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And then somebody looking back looks stern. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's there, explanations some sort for of all a, of this. Uh, yeah, some sort of a history. We to, need to do a whole episode on the origins of phrases and things. Like we mentioned last week, like by the seat of our pants or off the cuff. These 
these phrases that we use, we should do a whole deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, it won't be very deep. I, I heard some commentary recently on how our language has changed. Like if you were to, if you were to just go back a, a few hundred years to Shakespeare in England, how, you know, you think if you had a time machine, you could travel wherever you wanted, but you, you would go, all you have to do is go a few hundred years back and you, you can't even understand English because they pronounce things differently and they don't, uh, you know, that reminds me, I was going to say the same things. I had a really good time travel joke that I was going to tell. Okay. Let's hear it. But you guys didn't like it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I heard that somewhere. That's, that's not great. original. That's great. That's great. Well, anyway, yeah, current events. So we, we have some interesting, interesting things happening economically. Um, I, I'm seeing a lot of news, especially in the alternative, alternate media. A, a website I really like to visit is zerohedge.com. I love their, um, their subtext, you know, subtitle. Zero hedge on a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. <laughs> right? How how positive? How optimistic? But it's true. Everybody dies, right? And and you saw in one of our podcasts recently that we put a little link to a YouTube video of William Wallace, Mel Gibson playing William Wallace in Braveheart, where he says, "Well, every man dies, but not every man really lives." So, so for me, that's a good a good reminder. You know, what am I? Am I really living or am I just fixated on what Zero Hedge is talking about or what, you know, all right. these potential calamities? So anyway, there's a lot of talk um, about the, the coming collapse. And I think it pays to be prepared so you can hopefully have a little bit of a positive experience during the apocalypse whenever that happens, if it's not already happening. I would like to, <clears throat> I would like to have a positive apocalypse. That sounds like a... That's the name of a song, uh, an a positive apocalypse. An, or an album title. Dang, if you hadn't said that, I was going to copyright that right now. I'm writing that down. A positive apocalypse. <laughs> maybe that's the name of our new Prepper uh, website. Or, yeah, maybe we could write a book and make some money on it or something. Just because, you know, you need to make enough money before it goes out of style. Right. Well, anyway, tell us about, uh, you, were, you were telling me about uh, going to the lacrosse game. Yeah, I went, to, I went to an outdoor sporting event, watched some kids play lacrosse, which is a, a sport played with a ball and sticks. And uh, in this case... Is that an, a Native American game? Yeah, the origins are, are from the, I believe, from the Iroquois really? tribe. Really? Now... Northeastern I'm surprised United that, States. I'm Canada. surprised at you people. I mean, don't you feel shamefully bad about yourselves by appropriating the culture of the Iroquois? I do. You do, but you yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, because I feel appropriately bad, then I can play. You can play it. Yeah. Do you have um, a lot of Native Americans that are joining in on that? You know what the uh, the Iroquois or Iroquois, they have a tomato tomato. They have a team, like a a, a national team, if I'm remembering right, and they they're pretty competitive. So, let's now that you've brought it up, let's talk about 
the pronunciation of Iroquois. Is is it Iro- Is it a French word? It's got to be right. It looks like it is because I think Iroquois. You're absolutely right because it ends with an S that we don't pronounce. Yeah, the uh, the Iroquois Iroquois national men's lacrosse team is ranked third in the world. They were they won the bronze okay medal at the 2018 World Lacrosse Championship. Were they beat out by white people? They usually would lose to Canada or U.S. Those are the other top okay. superpowers in that small the world. Superpowers. For the listeners, I am not going to write this on the website. We'll make the correction here. Iroquois is how the first result on Google says to pronounce it. So if you believe that, Bobby got it right. It's the Iroquois. With it, but the, I mean, I mean in plural because you don't say the S, Iroquois. Right. Anyway, I went to this lacrosse game, and this was a girls game, the youth, and... uh and the girls' lacrosse is a little different. They don't wear helmets or pads like the men's game does. Anyway, this was a bright, sunny Saturday afternoon. And these girls, ages probably 6th and 7th grade-ish, were on one particular team from one particular what? geographical area. Well, a geographical location closer to Salt Lake. And closer, closer to the statist, well, hot, the hotbed of statist indoctrination. Geographically closer to Salt Lake and and ideologically more akin to, say, San Francisco or New York, these kids were, were masked up while playing, while running up and down this large grass field. So a strange dichotomy. You've got a lot of the population is, is right now going, okay, enough is enough. And we've talked about this. We've talked about the coronavirus jumping the shark. I thought that was a great title for an episode, by the way. It has... Has coronavirus itself, the whole rigmarole, has that jumped the shark? That's a, that's a good question. I think it has for the, the majority of people, but there's still a, a significant cadre uh, sector of, of society here that is wearing masks while playing sports outside in the sun. Well, and of course, that is on the parents, making those kids do that. And of course, so many of the parents in the in the audience, which again, this was a bright sunny day in a large park. We were all properly socially distanced. We're wearing them too. I think that, I think that the past year, there are a significant number of people who are forever broken. Their minds are broken. They will, they will, they will forever clutch that mask. They will have a mask with them wherever they go. And I think for a couple reasons, I think for for many of them it's legitimate fear that there is a secret or not secret but an invisible unseen stalking enemy that could slip into their nose at any moment and kill them and i think for some others it's also a matter of uh this is this has become a, a cause this has become Oh, oh, an identity for people that they they care about people so much that they'll cover their face, whether they think the mask is effective or not. They do this because because it's become who they are. It's become their it, it's 
I don't what are some other causes out there that people really get behind where they, you know, it's 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 almost like wearing a, a, a team hoodie. You know, you're wearing your your college alma mater hoodie. The mask is almost like that. It's this it's this show of pride and virtue and and your your allegiance to the powers that be that are telling you to wear these things. And those who don't, those who don't are heretics, are apostates, are non-believers. They're the enemy. They're the rivals. However, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever stretched and pained analogy you want to use, whether it's sports or religion, it's all there with these, with these mask people. And I think it's going to be a really hard year for them because as we move into warmer weather and more and more of these mandates go away, you're going to see fewer and fewer masks. And the people left with them are going to quickly become a minority and, and a people who are, I think, are going to become increasingly frustrated as their cause du jour is passed by and forgotten as we move on with our lives. I'm hoping we move on with our lives. I'm the type that can't move on. Um, I'm sitting here now worried about the pronunciation of cadre, so just for everyone's sake, I think we got that right. Cadre. Cadre. Now it comes from French, which would be probably cadre or cadre, but she's got a cadre. hard E on there. This is Google Translate. Cadre. Cadre. Are we getting this, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, we cadre. got it. We, okay. we got it. Okay, I think we got that one close enough, but uh, <laughs> I, I worry about the correctness of what we're saying. And, you know, again, flying off the, off the cuff here by the seat of our pants, flying off the seat of our pants and by the cuff. It's also good to mix up idioms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah, we, we do care about you listeners not getting the, the wrong information. But as we all know, we're here in, in the fallen world and not everything's perfect. So I'm going to try to stop worrying about the pronunciation of words here and listen to the important things that Bobby's saying. Uh, I think you're right that we have a, a big rift, a, a schism, if you will, occurring in society. Is that the way we pronounce schism? <laughs> I, I think you're. I think it is. Words, how, how else would it be? Skyism. Skyism. Schism. Schism. Maybe schism, schism, but I think it's schism. Schism. No, it's an S. Uh, <laughs> the the thing is, uh, like, well, first of all, you know, in American English, there's a set of words that we normally use, and then when you try to throw in the the good words that you've only read. Um, and by the way, the pronunciation does change over time. And by the way, English is our language. So really, you and I, speaking English, we both are experts on the English language. So experts say a, an expert said that it was pronounced this way. So when you know, you know, when you go through those pronunciation things, like you do in the sometimes, you you just you have an equal right to English as I do. Don't be looking to me for like the authoritative pronunciation, and and you know just because thousands of your peers think it's pronounced differently does not make them right. I have a P- If they all jumped off a cliff, would you? I have a PhD, a pronunciation HD. <laughs> What's the HD? I don't know. Okay. But it's a P I can say I have a PhD. Okay. Pronunciation had You're a pronunciation heterodox. <laughs> that that's perfect. Heterodox. 
so the doctor in there, so I can oh, be plus you're a, a doctor. I'm a doctor of pronunciation. <laughs> of pronunciation, pronunciating things in a heterodoxical way, not an orthodoxical way. And I, w- I went, I got that from the Jordan Bruno Bobby Flood school online of school on, yeah. school of mind splintering. I don't even remember what we're calling our own. We're calling curriculum. it an, an omniverse. The omniverse. I got it from the omniverse. Uh, by the way, thanks, uh, loyal listeners. We've got had some folks give us some suggestions on that on the uh, website. Yeah, if, great, great comment there. Yeah, if you'd like to see a few comments, there are people commenting. Just saying, and I think they're trying to start a discussion with the other ten of you people out there. So feel free to chime in. But uh, okay, so back to the schism, uh, uh, and we are heterodox here for sure. But back to the schism developing, yeah, uh, there's definitely a group of people that have been indoctrinated by the, um, by the, I want to say mindless propaganda of the, of the establishment of the, orth- of the uh, orthodoxy or the oligarchies or orthodoxy. And it, it, uh, it's reminiscent of the final lines of the emperor's new clothes, right? Where it says uh, the, the little boy knowing that he's naked and can't help himself. He just yells out, he's naked. He's naked. What's he's not wearing any clothes. And then the, the people who are the common folk in the town, this is as the parade's going on. And remember, and we've talked about this before. The, the point of the, the point of the hucksters was they're like, look, we can totally pull the wool over the eyes of the, of the elite of the, those people that care about their status in society. And so we're going to tell the the king and his nobles that this clothing can only be seen by people who are fit for their station, worthy of their station, and people who are are intelligent. And if you're unfit and if you're just a total idiot, you can't you can't see this stuff. And so it takes a little child to break that mind programming because that of course filtered through society like a virus and they all caught it and until the little kid says He's naked. And, and the point is, it's so obvious. That's, that's the whole beauty of Hans Christian Andersen's wonderful, wonderful parable here, is the man is freaking naked. Hans or Hans? Okay, hold on a second here. <laughs> I'm, I'm we, looking for it. I will get well, <laughs> how to... Pre- okay, hold on. Google I knew that was going to de- derail him. <laughs> and, that, and you know what? That's perfectly fair. That's a, that's a good... That's, that's a, uh, you know, touche. Or touch. <laughs> touch a... Uh. Well, um, <laughs> touch a Bobby, but I, while, while Jordan's looking that up, it, it <laughs> it's, it's, of course it's Hans. It's, it's, it's not, is it Han Solo or Han Solo? Yeah, but, Han, but sometimes I think Luke calls it's Han, him Han. It's Han Solo. I but, think Han, I think he says Han in, in one of the, Mark Hamill's says he might have, Han in one, at least one place. But I don't think, I don't think Han Solo is Dutch, is he? Um, I know that there is a, a group of people out there that knows the answer to this. Like he could, it could be that the etymology of Han Solo ultimately is Dutch. Oh, well, okay. But, but Holland doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe. Well, right. Because it's, a I mean, I guess, galaxy, we, I guess it a might. long time ago in a galaxy far away. So it's before is that, isn't that how it starts out long ago in a galaxy a long far time away? ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, it's this. So it's a pre a premonition of humanity before the flood, whatever that was. Before maybe the, it's a maybe it's an antediluvian <laughs> archetypal. It's before the story. Bobby flood. <laughs> 
Well, you have people, I think there are a lot of people like the kid in that story, in The Emperor's New Clothes, that are right now saying this is all 70% ridiculous. 70% of America. This 70%. is all ridiculous. And the commoners take up his call. And you don't, what we don't see yet, what we're starting to, is everyone acting on their knowledge that this is all ridiculous. And you see the desperation, like the CDC director, um, I don't remember Which her name. Which is not Fauci. She said... I'm speaking today not necessarily as your CDC director, but as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, to ask you to just please hold on on a little while longer. Hold to on, what? Hold to, on to hold what? Hold on to what? I'm not sure. And Fauci, to the narrative? Fauci said, you know, on his Sunday morning propaganda tour that kids need to, con- to wear masks while they play together. And you see the desperation from the emperor's types who are so... They're clinging. They're clinging on to this nonsense with everything they have because they know when it's over, so is their influence. Credibility. So their, is their credibility is over. There's, there should be, if we lived in a just world, there should be a lot of careers ending soon. They, I don't think there will be. They call this heads rolling. There should be heads rolling. I don't, think any, I don't think any state epidemiologist should keep their job. I don't think a lot of these professors and... Well, the position of state epidemiologist that, that needs be, to be it eliminated. Should, should be obliterated. Well, the fact that we're paying for a state department of health is ridiculous. When we actually have tort law in America, you can sue people for uh, torts, for, for, for wronging you. So if there is... Uh, say e coli in the taco that you ate <laughs> there is recourse right and you know these these departments of health we don't we don't just have a state department of we've health we've got counties we have county and yeah. city departments of salt lake city ones the salt lake county department of health as of like december had spent $90,000 on a mobile m- morgue basically a, a big freezer bus and, and, it, and it's never been it's used. It's never been used. Never once got used. But they, they've spent, and I, I don't know how long, I don't know if they're still paying for that, but they've spent, a, that's a lot of money for a county to spend on something well, and that a lot of the money never com- got used. A lot of the money is coming from federal grants because it's an emergency. And so that gives the federal government an excuse to take a greater stranglehold on your local government by perverse incenti- perversely incentivizing them to do things that they you know, would be otherwise considered absurd. But getting back to the emperor's new clothes, the thing is, this is this is the most important important part of the story, and why Hans Christian Andersen Andersen was so prescient is that he said the emperor shivered, for he knew that they were right, but he thought. The show must go on, or the procession must continue. So he walked on proudly while his noblemen held high the train that wasn't there at all. Oh, I wish I could shout that to everyone in America with the voice of an angel. But I sin in my wish. I am but a man, and I ought to be content with the things that God has given the people, for he gives to all men according to what they're willing to receive. I don't know. I read that somewhere. It's really good. I put it. I put that quote, uh, that final quote from Emperor's New Clothes on Twitter, which was almost the same thing as shouting it to all of America. Oh, I have because it was there. Some I have people a could dozen pick it up. followers. So, and they have a dozen followers. If now, if if you have 
if you can just get one per two people to follow you and they each get two people to follow them and those people get two pe- pretty soon you can get everybody in the world following you yeah so you started with 12 I, well i started with zero I mean, okay, you're right now starting at 12. So if they each get, what, what do you think? Maybe, maybe let's be optimistic. Maybe they have like 14 or 15 followers apiece. It's possible. And those people have I even could more. wake up tomorrow with a million Twitter followers. I could. It's a possibility. I won't. I'm surprised I haven't gotten banned yet. I think I've been shadow banned. I think I've been muted by our esteemed state epidemiologist right. to, to protect to protect bobby and his family we're not going to reveal the uh, the the fake name that he's using <laughs> on twitter right <laughs> which is not bobby flood you can find the mind virus show we have a twitter account with i think two followers um that's my that's those just, are both fake accounts made up by bobby my, my <laughs> mind virus Three at my well, virus know, three, I think. You know, th- there was there was a lot of discussion about how many t- fake Twitter people there were out there um, during the 2016 election. We haven't been talking about that lately. It's like somebody in the media decided that wasn't an issue anymore. But the the idea is that there probably half of the internet is fake, at least half. Yeah, I think they and, did. Uh, Didn't they do an audit of when Mitt Romney was running for president? There was an audit on his Twitter followers and found like forty. 40% of them were fake and Hillary Clinton was the same thing. Like, yeah. It's really easy to, to astroturf social media, really well, easy. And now it's smart enough with, with bots and AI where you can have them respond. You can have them say things like, I believe Andrew Cuomo is an honest man and has done a great job managing this pandemic. You know, things like that. You'll see comments that are almost the same that are just right. they get astroturfed on it's called i call accounts. it astroturf yeah um and i i know some guys that are into the search engine marketing thing and i they're really good professionals and i and i asked one of them like so don't you think it's possible about half of the half of the internet's fake like and they're like well yeah because we're out there creating all kinds of <laughs> right astroturf for, for companies willing to pay for it yeah back uh, back in the old days you would you would create white text on the white background of your website with important terms like Coca-Cola and Nike and other big names. Yeah, they would and call you, that like you, you uh, could hide that. cloaking. They would call yeah. that cloaking. Yeah, that's, a, that's not a... I don't even think it's... Google le- figured le- that out yeah, pretty I, soon. I think Google will really, really penalize your website. Well, it might even be illegal now anyway, to do that. Anyway, uh, Mitt Romney had his own fake account uh, under the name of Pierre Delecto or something like that. You remember that? I don't remember that. He got in trouble. I'll, I'll try he to had find a, burn, a burner account. Well, it wasn't just a burner account. It was like sort of like a an alternate ego. Uh, Kevin Garnett got in trouble for or no, uh, Kevin. No, Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, Kevin Durant, the basketball player, got in got caught using a fake using a fake account to to compliment Kevin Durant. <laughs> Well, why not? Everybody's doing it. There was a there was a uh, an executive in the NBA. I think he was with the Knicks. He was, or no, the Seventy Sixers, and he got caught doing that. So, so we're pe- going to pe- people do a little are, research. People are definitely using the internet to aggrandize themselves in in various ways. But that's not what we wanted to talk about today. But it's it? an interesting thing to talk about. The, the, uh, the power of peer pressure, the power of groupthink. It's funny that um, as kids, right, in school, if you grew up when, when we grew up and, you know, 
we've probably given enough information to the authorities to triangulate who we actually are. But uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, don't do drugs. Meanwhile, the CIA was selling drugs in America, but don't do drugs and, you know, don't give in to peer pressure because it was usually peer pressure that was getting the kids to smoke and drink and do drugs, right? And so we would talk a lot about peer pressure. And I, th I think in our youth programs in our church, that the idea of peer pressure would come up quite often. And, you know, of course, we'd integrate the Holy Ghost into that. And you'd get this idea that, you know, you're going you're gonna to be at a party sometime and all the kids are going to be doing drugs and you're going to get the still small voice that tells you to get out of there. And you're gonna, it's going to be a bad feeling and you're going to feel like, you know, things aren't quite right. And so you need to, you need to listen to that prompting and get out and, and go do something else, right? Well, then as adults in church and in, in other circles, you know, other social circles and even political circles, well, politics especially, there's never really a discussion of how peer pressure is, a, is detrimental to society at large and detrimental to truth, and, and not just detrimental to the society and to truth, but it's, it's damaging to you personally, because that's how we were taught as kids, is that peer pressure is going to get you in a situation that's going to be bad for you. You don't want to get hooked on drugs and ruin your life, right? I mean, that's, that was, at least for me, one of the main settings in which they discussed peer pressure. And, and now, um, a lot of the, uh, I think, the discourse with adults is, you know, tr trust the mainstream, trust the government, everything's going to be okay, all is well in Zion, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And, you know, if God beats us with a few stripes, it's okay, because, you know... No Experts problem. say. Experts say, yeah, follow the science. And I know there are tons of adults out there who have the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the light of Christ, whatever you want to call it, telling them something is wrong. That's that little feeling you're getting that's going, no, no, not, don't trust the mainstream. Don't trust this. But we never really talk about it in those terms as adults that you're you're going to be susceptible to peer pressure and you need to trust the inner voice or the the holy spirit to warn you and, and that, that that those those uh inspirations that are going to come to you and warn you to watch out i it, it blows my mind peer pressure is a real thing for adults and so therefore therefore the reason i'm talking about that is because <laughs> It's, it's not surprising, but it is kind of funny to think of a guy like Kevin Durant going to the trouble when he, he, he could hire, uh, he could certainly hire a PR firm to do this for him, but he goes to the trouble, or, or Mitt Romney goes to the trouble to set up his own self-aggrandizing um, Twitter account or Facebook account. What I could a world. just see Mitt switching over to his alter ego and... What a what a clown! I mean, you know, one thing there's a silver lining for the last twelve months. I think there's several sil silver linings, but one of them is that we know it's really easy now to tell who the sociopaths are, and who isn't. Like these people that make a list, I'll put it on the website. These How do we do it? <laughs> these people that rule and reign over us are insane. They're nuts. Okay, so point one: insane. <laughs> but you want you want the the the. Characteristics of a sociopath? Yeah, people, uh, p other PhDs. Now, you're a PhD, and 
I in accept, pronunciation. I cur- I accept your credentials as a as a authentic PhD, uh, as a heterodox pronunciator. Uh, others out there have given us lists of how to tell someone is a sociopath or a psychopath. So um, I think you should enlighten us, Bobby. Well, okay. Pause while we get the results Sym- from symptoms, Google. <laughs> you know, and, and these are pretty universal. You'll find these in most of these kind of lists. But the first one is insane. And, and the issue well, that's, is it's hard to figure out that's something somebody's I've, actually I've, insane. Right. I, but these are some of the symptoms of sociopathy. Uh, lack of empathy. Yeah, but how do you tell? By the okay. fruits you shall know them. Okay, go ahead and okay, go ahead and tell me the the symptoms first. Uh, difficult relationships, which means that people find it hard to form. Sociopaths find it hard to form emotional bonds, so their relationships are often unstable. Um, symptom man, manipulative. I, they wrote manip, manipulativeness. I don't like that word. That's a. I'm just gonna say they're manipulative. Okay, well, if you want to change what you found on the internet. Deceitful, callous, hostile, irresponsible, impulsive, risky behavior. And when I say, when I mean that the the people that kind of rule and reign over us, these politicians and and doctors and epidemiologists, they they, they, they have to know on some level that they're wrong. They have to know... And maybe they don't. You know, our local cadre, cadre, our local cadre, cadre, our local cadre of sociopaths have been sharing photos together, quite literally patting themselves on the back, acting like conquering heroes. As they, you know, our our governor recently made a big deal of him getting the the vaccine, so he had the press. Uh, there, big big group of press. It doubled as his weekly press conference, which I don't know why a governor needs a weekly press conference, but he rolled up his sleeve and and you know got the shot and and people were clapping and you had the state epidemiologist you know looming over his shoulder, making sure it was done right. And it's it's a theater. It's theater, and they're they do this to self-aggrandize. They don't care about the regular people who are suffering through this. You know, in, in Utah, they, our governor brags about the best economy in the state or in the, in the nation. That's a, that's a total disregard for the parts of our economy that are not good. And I don't, we can't say, they are already saying we've made it through the, the pandemic economy. It's like, we don't know that. We've yet no, to no, see. No, 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 we've no. yet to see if the true fallout saying, of all of this. No, that that they they introduced the pandemic to to wreck the economy and blame it on the pandemic instead of all the wrecking they've done previously. We right. talked about this, right? But okay, but so, to say that we're through it is is premature. Yeah. Well, I I have a friend that mentioned as we as we've been ta- talking about the uh, reasons for the pandemic, there this uh, mass hysteria and. Oligarchy induced mass hysteria, and some of the things that are going on. They they brought up when your phone touches the the cable, cord. it causes static. I got to move my phone. Sorry, guys. That's right. Well, anyway, we'll I've, I had a, we can edit, we can cut the thing that you listeners don't know is that 
it may sound disjointed to you in our regular discourse, but Bobby has spent an inordinate amount of time editing out all the other crazy stuff so that you can have at least a somewhat congruous listening experience. So uh, please send your thanks to Bobby for the time that he's spending making I'm this spending actually. Le- I'm spending less and less time every week. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's because we're getting better at, at free-flowing our nonsense or I'm just getting lazy. Or lazy. Probably both. But you had a thought. Maybe our listeners are getting better at filtering Fast. through the... Hey, I have been told that if you listen to this at 1.5 times speed, it, it's good. I, I feel like we sound smarter at 1.5 times speed. Like if, when you hear somebody rattle off the kind of stuff we're rattling off that fast, man, they must be really intelligent. Okay, so anyway, so, somebody pointed out that uh, what the oligarchy is doing to us, what the social controllers are doing is a lot like spousal abuse. And um, in the in my quest to kind of understand that, I looked it up. There's There's a lot of symptoms that counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists will point out to help women, especially recognize that they're the victims of spousal abuse. And that's totally going on from our public officials, but that's a longer list. And and I recommend, maybe I'll post a link to one of those. You can Google that up or try to use Gibiru (laughs) at least some of the time. Uh, but anyway, the second result I got off of Google here, Google's really great for finding certain things. I mean, they, they've done, uh, they have the resources of a, of a medium-sized nation state, and they have put that into their algorithm, at least a small portion of it. May, say what, 5% of it back into making their algorithm really good so they can tell at least what's human-generated and not machine-generated and, and less manipulated. The other 95% they put into controlling your mind. Well, they probably got a loan <laughs> and, and multiplied that by 10, and they've put that into trying to control your mind and take over the world. Anyway, uh, if you search for signs that I'm dating a psychopath, that's kind of a fun search because there's a lot of uh, self-help for women on signs that they're dating a soci- psychopath or sociopath or a narcissist. And I think this is important because it relates directly to um, America's love affair with its leadership, as you've been discussing. Spent, uh, did, you were talking about Cox, right? I'm, I'm back full circle on this tangent. He, he's one of them, yeah. Okay, so Mitt Romney, he falls in the same category. Joe Biden would fall into that category. Fauci, except, Trump. Yeah, Biden we have Cuomo. to put in the category of our elders that we need to have compassion well, for because the poor man is being used by the machine. He's an Alzheimer's patient or something, dementia. I don't have a lot of sympathy because he's got a long career of sociopathy. Are you saying he deserves it? I'm not saying he deserves it. I think you kind of said that. Well, he has a long career <laughs> of sociopathic behavior. It, it, Absolutely right. He gave. He did finally give a press conference this week in our... I just feel bad for old people who get set up in front of a, uh, you know, they're probably pumped full of drugs and, and and it was his press conference was a disaster and it is sad. And they see. did the absolute best they could. I mean, you you got to know the handlers there, but if you think Joe Biden, okay, another tangent. It, honestly, let's be honest, folks. Okay, this is not even an emperor's new clothes moment. This is one where we just have to like this is like an intervention. Let's be honest. <laughs> If you really think Joe Biden has been doing anything of his own accord in the last 12 months, come on. 
Oh, come on. Other than eating and drinking and watching uh, Matlock. Matlock. <laughs> no, he's not. Matlock run- reruns. He, he's not. He's not, quote, running the country. Perry Mason, even. I'm not even sure Kamala Harris is running the country. Oh, yeah. No, she's a she's a very if you want to face i think i think what we have here is the obama 3.0 i think susan rice clinton clinton 3.0 yeah probably i think susan rice is really uh because see uh, obama was clinton 2.0 sure okay so go ahead it's the same people it is it is it's the same people susan rice is back into the white house i think she's pulling a lot of important strings I think Obama himself is, and probably Hillary's involved. I don't think Barack so Obama, Hillary. Hillary, or Bill like each other, though. No, but they're not really. <laughs> well, first of all, Hillary and Bill do not like each other. Well, that's but, true. <laughs> they never have. <laughs> that was a that all goes all the way back to Arkansas and the expediency of them remaining together to but try people, to control the world. People forget that Hillary Clinton started the birther movement. The Obama wasn't born in the United States. She started that in the primaries. In 2011 and 12, people forget that. Yeah, but see, it wasn't in the cards for her to be the next or eight, president. Sorry, 2007 and eight when she, she when Obama won, he beat her. Right. See, Hillary's just not very likable. It was never in the cards for her. It was in. It may be in the cards for Kamala to be the the first woman president, but it was never in the cards for Hillary because she's, she's just she's mean. not very likable either. She's just well, but she's not black. Well, K- Kamala is kind of black she's indian she can be all the things she's everything you want and more well anyway so uh the reason i'm interrupting you so well i interrupted you yeah well we keep derailing our tangents okay let's talk over (laughs) each other so the (laughs) we'll get back to this the the uh signs that you're dating a psychopath i know that our women listeners out there who are probably mostly married want to understand now listen if you realize this is your husband I'm sorry. Don't blame us. Don't blame us. <laughs> We're just bra- don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> just reading off the internet. My wife is going to listen to this, and she's going to be like, "Ooh, hmm, hmm." Maybe we shouldn't post this. Anyway, <laughs> so so uh, Obama 2.0 is Cl- is Clinton 3.0 because uh, Eric Holder, who was uh, Attorney General in the Obama administration, he was uh, the underling. He was the uh, Assistant Attorney General, Deputy Attorney General to to Janet Reno, who I think she was a bona fide space alien, I, a genderless being from another planet with no empathy. Uh, could, she could have been a robot. She could have been like one of the Cylons out of uh, Battlestar Galactica, dressed in skin, or maybe from V, you know, where there mm-hmm. are lizard people underneath. Anyway, Janet Reno... Yeah, she. Uh, I think she recused herself in some of the investigations, like with Waco and stuff, and it was Eric Holder that took over that. Anyway, he was number one attorney general guy under uh, Obama. You also had Rahm Emanuel, who was a Clinton transplant. He, beca- he comes to the Obama administration, and then he gets control of the Chicago crime machine as they make him um, mayor of Chicago halfway through the Obama uh, episode. And Obama seemed to be sort of the outsider there but he was a, a, a perfect fit you know um a, char- a charismatic well-spoken dude from chicago uh, a rising star in the pol- political scene so it made sense that he comes in out of nowhere and he he's the face of the operation i must not have a very good charisma meter because i've never found him it's not it's a, charismatic it's pronounced charismeter 
charismeter. Okay. My charismeter must be broken because I never found Obama charismatic. I found him like boorish. Like, well, sure, but he. If you're sucked in, you were, you've never been, you've never been fully indoctrinatable. Another one. Did I get that right? Yeah. PhD. Yeah. Indoctrinable. Yeah, I guess that's an alternative pronunciation. You've never been fully indoctrinable by the mind control mechanism of the of, but I can, of mainstream I media. I can understand though, like how somebody could be, you know, like I can understand the, you know, charisma, and I can't think of any recent presidential candidate that really had much charisma. Well, let's not call him charismatic. Let's call him uh, hypnotic. That's probably a better word, because I did see people like it, almost in a trance, right? Because they you, watched him. And if you look to at the the root of the word charisma coming from the Greek charis, it has to do about with grace coming from God, favor coming from God. So definitely these aren't these aren't truly charismatic people. They have a the appearance the appearance of charisma. They have some energy that some magnetism that draws you to Maybe them. Maybe my bias is being revealed again, but. I think Ron Paul had charisma. He was interesting to listen to. He did have energy and, you know, he had a uh, an appeal about him, which was interesting in 2008. He really caught on, you know, with the revolution. Yeah, let's let's talk talk about this a little bit because, uh, and we will get back to this. Okay, I know you women out there want to know whether or not you're married to or dating a psychopath. Jordan, they already Googled it and they've already looked <laughs> they them already over. Know it. We're going to still read them off <laughs> and make sure that we get because uh, you know these do match up with certain personalities in um, society. But what were you saying? I don't remember. You were saying something. Well, we, we were we were discussing how uh, the Obama people are the same people as the Clinton people, and, and this is, and this now, is the false, the, and now they're the Biden people. Right. This is the false right left paradigm. And and if you if you'll go back to episode eight, hidden picture, I just wanted to give a shout out to episode eight, and again to Catherine Austin Fitz and her Dylan Reed and Co website and other related materials. G Edward Griffin needs to get thrown in there. He's a great researcher. And his his uh, uh, revelations on the Federal Reserve and the tax exempt foundations are super important to this. But uh, episode eight, we talk about how Bush and Clinton were working together, or at least those those groups of people have been working together to control essentially American politics more and more tightly, and Amer- the American life, uh, uh, the, the world, to to control the world more. Um, more strongly since 1980. 1980, when Reagan was shot 69 days into his presidency, that was essentially a huge turning point. And George Bush controlled the White House from then on up until he relinquished control to a man that was a relative unknown, William Jefferson Clinton, who then relinquished control back to George Bush's son, who relinquished control to a man that was tightly linked into the Clinton machine. in ways we don't fully understand, but it's clear because the same people ran his White House as ran Clinton's White House. And now you have the lineage continue in, um, in, the Obama, or in the Biden White House. I mean, Biden, of course, being number two in command there. But I don't even think he's in number two. I think he's like well, number the, the number two the number I, two figurehead. I don't even yeah, I'll give think, you that. I don't think Joe Biden is involved at all. Uh, he said something like he wasn't even aware of 
the the border stuff happening at the border. I'm talking about uh, when he was in the Obama White House. He was oh, number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now he was the apparent number two. Sure. So he becomes the figurehead number one. Yeah, he's not involved now. Right, right now, I think they 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 don't involve him in the actual decision making. And <laughs> well, have you seen? I, I'm the, serious. Have I, you I don't seen think some he's of the green? At all. Have you seen some of the green screen stuff? Yeah, it's bizarre. It, yeah, it like his hand weird. go his his head comes in and out, or his hand goes over the mic, and it's like what? Yeah, it's I, too I obvious. That. And I think I I don't think that he's still the president at the end of this year. Oh yeah, and oh, I'm glad we're talking about this because there's one thing I want. The this is like a red alert, a mind virus dot show red alert. If we have that thing, we do, we do now. The red alert is this. What what Bobby said is absolutely 100%. I mean, if we were going to make bets, I would bet more than $100. I'd probably bet $101 that Biden is not president at the end of the year. And the the manner in which he is removed from office is important. If they remove him under the 25th Amendment, that's a sort of a big like admission that, oh, by the way, America, you elected a a, a geriatric Alzheimer's patient that really was had reached the end of his life and was not capable of t- taking care of things. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to have some white supremacist, probably a relation of the flood family or something <laughs> who has an AR 15 who will assassinate the president and they're going to blame it on white supremacists. So that means anybody that's white and I- anyone that owns a gun or likes AR 15s or likes guns or likes self-defense or likes the idea of freedom that, that, I think, is the likely outcome here. So red alert, tell your friends not to believe it when Joe Biden gets assassinated by a guy with a, with a gun. Because, th- I mean, are we not seeing like a ton of... Isn't it strange that we haven't had any mass shootings in the news for like four years and now they're happening every week? And they want to, they've got a gun control agenda on the table in, in Washington. This is this bizarre world. You guys not, need to raise the alarm with your family and friends, whether they agree with you on any political issue or not. The, the, the idea that the right to bear arms, and I'm not saying it needs to be in the Constitution, because that is a self-evident right. Men and women and humankind has the right, the right to defend their personal rights and their, their life and their liberty and their families and their property. It's, it's almost... It's, I think it's what uh, Captain Moroni wrote on the title of Liberty, you know, in memory of our God, our religion, our freedom, our country, our wives and our children. I'm probably getting that out of order, but it's in Alma chapter 46, I believe, if you're a Book of Mormon person. You can go back and review that episode. But we got to get the word out that that's what they're going after, is to codify into law the idea that you don't have that right and, or that they can control that right and very, very possible they're going to use the Biden issue. It's a little bit of an issue because you can't. There is this this idea that they need a strong leader. And Kamala, if anything, she's at least she comes off with some energy and strength, you know, and and she's everything that the oligarchy wants and more. She she's not a compassionate uh champion of of the oppressed black people she was all for putting those people in jail and she's on record 
but there, but she's she's got a great face for for television, and she speaks reasonably articulately, and she's at least got a, a certain amount of energy. She could be the new FDR that they're looking for. You know, that's I think uh, when when I was trying to forecast the uh, who I thought was going to win the twenty twenty election, I, I was kind of thinking it would be a Republican because the Democrats didn't seem to be fielding a candidate worthy of this next phase of uh, catastrophe in America. And you need an FDR type, somebody that can stand up and say, today is a day that shall live in infamy. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. You know, you need that type of a voice. You need that type of a, of a personality to, wh- whether they have charisma or not, they, they need to be photogenic and they need to be able to stand up in front of uh, an audience and deliver a, a teleprompter driven speech with more energy than say what we hear in general conference okay did i just take a swipe at general conference i'm sorry it's coming up um or what we hear in a, Bi- in a biden <laughs> or hear in a biden speech yeah but well, uh, it's but yeah so so kamala they kind of snuck her in there and i guess i should have seen that coming um last year it's uh like you said it's a bizarro world and Speaking of that, um, it should be noted that today, this Monday, March 29th, the Derek Chauvin Chauvin show, as in show trial, trial has begun. So that he's, of course, the police officer that's sort of the poster child for what happened with the, the George Floyd incident. If he were a chemical, we would call him a catalyst. You know, that whole episode is really bizarre because you have you have George Floyd himself, then you have you have a white police officer, an Asian police officer, and a black police officer that are all involved. But you don't hear much about the Asian and the black police officer. It's just become this white versus black issue. And there's a lot of abnor- abnormalities surrounding all of that is that incident. I don't know if we need to get into that today, but the trial is starting today, and you know it's going, regardless of what happens, it's going to result in riots. And in Minneapolis. Wow. That's you, are, a, you are a PhD. That's a hard one. <laughs> in that city, in Minnesota, uh, businesses, in, in, like, particular, in, particularly, in particular, Target, which that's their headquarters, has boarded up their stores and like abandoned it, knowing that. So, because for the last several months, they just be, they just have been continually looted, looted, and so they're they're just leaving. But <laughs> this is going to be this this is going to be an interesting uh, episode because I don't think there's I don't think they have criminal evidence to convict Chauvin of murder. Well, the question is. And I know a little bit about this. Police officers have a thing called qualified immunity. Right. Which means they're not liable personally if they followed policy, if they followed the department's policy. Now, the man is shown kneeling on his neck for a while. They, but, you know, you can watch that stuff. You can. He didn't die of strangulation, though. Well, not according to the official autopsy. There's two competing autopsies, right? He, he died of a, of, of a heart problem. That could have been obviously exaggerated yeah. by, you know, the videos show that there, this was a, a long, prolonged kind of incident Encounter. where he was in the car and he started 
freaking out in the car and they pulled him out and he kind of flopped out and landed on the ground. Like, but, but the kneeling, I'm not going to defend or, or condemn it, but, but it is a common practice to constrain or restrain somebody. And it was, he totally looks policy. He looks like he's kneeling on his neck. He was, but that's policy. He wasn't, he wasn't kneeling on the throat you know, like the front of the neck where he was trying to crush his airways or, or break his neck or something. He was, it was a restraining technique. Move. Again, I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of neutral well, on the, the whole facts, thing. But the facts in this are, are foggy. Uh, you know, it, there's plenty of conspiracy conjecture. There's plenty of unanswered questions. There were at the same time, three or four other incidences of cops doing the same thing to minorities in other parts of the world, which didn't get any press over here in the States, but right. did in France and in uh, Japan, I believe, or... Yeah, I remember seeing... seeing strange, about that. coincidental... Well, and, and apparently this police officer and George Floyd knew each other. There's a lot of abnormalities. Yeah. Strange things. But anyway, this is coming to a head. But it's on, so, the trial started today. So whether whether or not it was all organic or whatever, for sure the trial will be controlled propaganda, and the outcome of that will have consequences. And so that's all going on right now. And speaking of, and, and to 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 kind of piggyback off your Biden theory, yes, I think that that's a possibility that the you know a lone gunman. I also think that it depends on how they want to roll him out. Do they want to do it as a, a, hero, martyr a hero? hero martyr or a sympathetic martyr? Do they want to have him get sick? You know, maybe it, maybe COVID. Maybe it's the last COVID. The last COVID death. You know, or or maybe there's something new that All they're going to they're, they're introduce. But it's very clear that he's unfit like whether you like the guy or not and kind of what you were saying earlier there is some sympathy there because he's he's beyond unfit it's it's really it's so obvious and i i don't understand it would be worth speculating about why it's so obvious is it designed that way so they can plant this idea that they need to get rid of him well, my my opinion on that, and here's another tangent, but I'll I'll just be really concise. <laughs> concise tangents, as, as if that's possible. Uh, my feeling is that everything we're seeing is intended to destroy American society to the point where we are con- conflicted, so conflicted with each other that we can't mount a defense to foreign invaders because we've been so strong for so long that people like China and Russia are, they're not really interested in coming over here and starting a war. But if we are weak, if we can demonstrate, if, if, if America can appear to be that weak that we can be taken over, then of course, then there's a power vacuum and people will come in and control the land. So anyway, that, that's a pretty short tangent, right? Yeah. And I, that's the red dawn scenario. Well, yeah, but the it's, original, not the stupid remake. <laughs> yeah, but that's the the thing is, you're an ocean away. We're isolated by the oceans. They can't come in and get us unless we appear to be that kind of weak. They have to have their well, own D-Day type of a thing. They got to have logistical supply chains. I think you're onto something. You know, our our military has shown really obvious and public displays of 
weak weakness or wokeness lately. I don't know if you've seen any of that. Well, plus it's extended around the world. It's not. It's, right. There's not a really good home defense. The but I do think I think an invading force isn't just going to have to face the United States military. We do have a bajillion guns here in in this in the United States. Right. I think that's the problem. Is that they don't want to face both the guns and the uh, the military, but they do. I think they can face down the small arms. Like if they have mechanized. Sure. Yeah, there's not much in AR-15. As scary as those are made out to be, they're pretty run-of-the-mill yeah. The leaders, rifles. look, regular people, r- regular rational people like, dare I say, Bobby and I, uh, you know, we're a- averse to war, but the oligarchy is not. They love to, to break things. They love to break equipment and spend a lot of money. So that to them, to, to come over here and have conflict is not the issue. The point is, does the conflict result in what we want? And the Chinese and the Russians are not stupid. I, I think they're not, like a lot of people think, when, 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 when you say conspiracy theory and you say there's a worldwide, a movement for worldwide control, you know, don't, I try to explain this to people and I, and I have to say, don't, don't think you understand what I'm saying. It's very nuanced. And you've got, as best I can tell, three main factions vying for world control. One is the Chinese, one is the Russians, and one is America. And America has had effective control, or the Anglo-American establishment has had effective control for you know the last 50, 60 years since, since World War II. And so the Chinese and Russians have had to play a defensive posture, especially the Russians since the Cold War. But they've, you know, they've been rebuilt by Western financial interests in the last 30 years. And that's because we need to have the enemy. The enemies have to be powerful enough to to scare each other into conflict and, and actually have a, have a conflict at some point. You know, when we're not having a cold war, we need to be having a hot war. This keeps the population under control. And so I think the the Anglo American establishment wants a realignment because they want a supranational military force and a supranational monetary system. I don't think that means that their supranational military force will be a global military force. They can't do that until we have an external threat, say like the aliens in Independence Day or in Ender's Game or whatever, but or Starship Troopers, right? You can't unify the world until you have that external threat. But in the meantime, what they can do is take the, the power that the United States has exerted in the last 70 years. It's been 70 years since 1950, roughly, so in the post-World War II era, they can take that and they can spread that out through NATO or the United Nations or Europe. They can make some sort of a new treaty. And I think that's what NATO was an attempt to be, but really it was the American engine of uh, commerce and politics or whatever that, that is really running NATO, the Anglo-American establishment. It's, it, it's not, it doesn't appear directly to benefit American interests, but what it benefits is the Anglo-American establishment's interests. Of a, of a money coming, they're, they're sucking the life out of Amer- the American economy and applying it to the Western European powers in ways that maybe Americans don't like, but that oligarchy likes that. And so I think that those guys are, they're, they're going to use China and Russia to realign the world in a way that they would like through a, through a massive war, but they need to make America weak enough to have that war, and they want it soon. They wanted it for 2021. That was what Agenda 2021 was all about, but they have changed it to 
you know, the global reset agenda 2030 because they couldn't get it done fast enough. And so I think there's a little bit of an impatience going on with these, these really old uh, baby boomer oligarchy people who want to get it done in their lifetimes. I think that's a real thing. I think they, and so they're, they're going to try to ride this tiger, so to speak, you know, and I, I think it's going to get out of control. But anyway, now we, we've, we've gone that's a fun tangent we should probably talk more about in the future. We, I, we're going to have to go back and listen to this to get all the tangents we've put off and procrastinated. But let's, let's trace back through the, through the uh, heredit, hereditary line of this tangent. The ancestry of it was we were talking about um, where we think this is headed. We were talking about, prior to that, the Chauvin trial, the show trial of, jo- uh, of George Floyd's killers. And before that, we were talking about the Biden administration being a direct descendant of the Obama slash Clinton wing of the the right and left winged bird of prey that we've been dealing with. And then prior to that, we were talking about signs that you're dating in a uh, a psychopath. Oh yeah. Are we ready to go back to that yet, or did you have a final final thoughts on this tangent? No, let's go back to that. Okay. So this is important because as we're as we're looking at, you know, um, filler words while I gather my train of thought. This is important because as we're looking at the world around us, we need to recognize that there's more to it than than we can see right at first glance, which is the whole point of the Mind Virus podcast is to help people recognize they're being controlled by media. They're being controlled by forces that are external. And a lot of that involves peer pressure. And a lot of that involves these psychopathic, narcissistic, sociopathic leaders who, um, according to this website, which was the second result off of Google, number one, they're very charismatic. So signs you're dating a psychopath. This is entitled Nine Signs You're Dating a Psychopath. Men, you might be dating a psychopath. This isn't just for the girls out there. They're very charismatic. Do you know those people who just draw you in? Well, in this case, Spencer Cox does not fit the just draw you in mold. He wants to be that. but He Mitt, thinks he's that. Mitt Romney's kind of that guy, though. Mitt, Mitt Romney's got a magnetic type of a, a thing going, especially, think, uh, especially if you're wealthy, especially if you aspire to that. I think... Early on in this pandemic, I think Fauci could qualify. People really liked Fauci when he kind of, because for most people, that was their first introduction to him. They didn't know him in the 80s when he was highly criticized for his AIDS policies and HIV policies. Yeah, so I, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't like using the word charismatic here because, um, you know, it does relate to the Greek charis, the, the grace, the favor from God. And, and so I want to say magnetic. They, they oh, and, and one one of the, one of the tangents I was about to get onto is the war between light and dark, because we're definitely caught in this war between good and evil and light and dark. So you have sort of a a godly charisma. You you know of people that they're just. I think Hugh Nibley had that. He's one of my favorites. Um, Joseph Smith must have had it. Uh, Jesus must have had it. <laughs> if anyone right, had it, Jesus right. had it. Being the source of it. Yeah, and, and if you look at the, the geopolitical uh, issues there, the, the Sanhedrin had to get rid of him because everybody was believing him. And not only, not only did they believe the teachings of the master teacher, the son of God, but he was performing incredible miracles, like raising Lazarus from the dead. And in that episode in John, they're basically like, well, if we don't get rid of him now, 
no one will believe us anymore. <laughs> so they so they put him on the cross and he gives up his life and is resurrected and you know my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my my angels would come and rescue me, et cetera, et cetera. So we know that there's, God that Jesus didn't do what he did for there's interesting parallels that we could make between that and the false Christs of today, which we don't need to to, to go into right now, but um Trump. Trump is magnetic. Look at the way people who have gravitated to him have done that. Right, and it's an egocentric charisma. I know there's a lot of folks out there that I'm going to offend that like Trump, but come on, it's egocentric. Did He filled his, you could say the last four years were an anomaly, but he, he still filled his cabinet with some of the same people. Well, it, and, and they'll they'll make the argument that he had to because who else can you put in government? Come on, you can put anybody you want. You put anybody in there. You could find a third grade teacher to be the the head of the Department of Education. I mean, that would be perfect to get a teacher instead of an administrator. Well, and he did his part again. Whether he was knowingly doing it, whether he was duped, whether he was manipulated, all that doesn't really matter. But but the 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 debt increase, the the dollar mm-hmm. weakened. America's weaker after his four years. That's just well, we're more divided. We're certainly more divided, For which, sure. I, as I have argued, is the intention here. But that, but it's a dark charisma, right? It's a charisma, but it's it's a magnetism, but it's not the true charisma. Okay, continue your okay. nine lists. Number nine. two, you'll be surprised at this one. They are pathological liars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's funny because uh, I did not have sex <laughs> with that woman. <laughs> Read my lips. No, no new, new taxes. taxes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and certainly Trump, you know, <laughs> I had a, uh, an acquaintance tell me one time, he's never lied to us, you know, and I'm like, well, I can see why you see it that way, but there's a whole half of the country, or at least the the mainstream press, the corporate press, all they can do is spend time telling you that he's lied well, to us. One thing that that has happened, and I think it's it's accelerated or been amplified over the last four to eight years, but it's now if 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 a politician says something that you don't agree with, they're lying. The mainstream press will tell you right. It's lying. become a college football game. The referees, if if they make a call that you don't like, it was a bad call. It was the wrong call. It was right. incorrect. And and I don't think that. And of course, politicians lie, but so does the media. The media lies more than anybody else. You know these. And and, and we can't just say the media. There are individuals behind all of this. Right. So and, there and are and reporters. There are listen presidents to, of these companies. They listen, are liars. Listen to this this article's description. Two. They are pathological liars. We're not talking about the occasional white lie. We mean constant lying. They have to be lying all the time in order to hide their behaviors. This is one of the defining characteristics of a psychopath. And I would add to that, this is absolutely what's going on with our politicians and especially the media. They have to continue the lie to, quote, hide their behaviors. Exactly. I'm speechless. I mean, that's exactly what's going on. Okay, uh... Let, let us not get, because this is a tangent that could take for the next 50 years, but let's not go into all the places where we think they're lying, because... That, it's pretty that, easy to find out where the media is lying. It's, it's pretty, you don't have to, it's like lifting up a rock. You're like, I wonder if there'll be bugs. Oh, of course there are bugs under this rock. There's millions of bugs under this rock. Well, okay, number three, the relationship moves very fast. That's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that this relates to our discussion because um, 
what happens is we are we keep getting presented with a crisis and they want you to move fast like oh there's this the, the first they give you the premonitions of it the foreshadowing of it there's this thing in uh in china there's a a virus that could be deadly you know which we, that moved fast even the premonitions we didn't really start getting until but they, but, they had, but they had spent the last 10 years or 20 years doing movies about it and sure. the, the decades of vaccines. So they kind of set it in the public mind. They give you the inkling it's going to happen. But yeah, March 11th, we're, we're a year from the anniversary of, what do you call it? Two weeks to... 52 weeks. 52 weeks to slow two the weeks spread. to slow the spread. Yeah, 52 weeks of two weeks to slow the spread. They keep, they're moving, they keep moving the goalposts. And uh, it's necessary for... A pathological liar, a charismatic pathological liar, to a dark charismatic pathological liar, it's necessary for them to get you involved and become complicit in the activity as quickly as possible and keep you moving so that you don't recognize that you've made mistakes. When they usually want something out of the relationship, whether it's sex or money or something, and, and the quicker they can get there, the less likely you are to recognize that. Yeah, and then you become committed. That 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 commits the public to the relationship. So so we if we hadn't already we had sex with the establishment in March of 2020. I didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the society. I'm speaking for society. The society was uh, uh mind raped by the establishment in March of 2020. Okay. I still think it's it's sort of been forgotten because our media does move so fast, but we need to go back at some point and look at the news coverage of, of March and April of last year. It was 24-7, COVID, 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 fear, 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 fear. They they blew they they ignored everything else in the world. And that was not coincidental that was not it wasn't even it, it it didn't match what was on the ground right but it was 24 7 they hit this harder than anything i've ever seen to make us for afraid so we could be mind raped right and and uh that was necessary to change the dynamic in society so they literally did affect their change in society and that became what society was focused on and was doing so they they created the world that we're now living in by moving us quickly into that paradigm and committing everyone to it. Number four, number four sign that you're number four of nine signs that you're dating a psychopath. They bring in a third party. After they make you feel like you're the only person in the world, they bring in someone else to complicate things like an ex or someone to reinforce that other people want them and you should be so grateful to have them. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift this and say that our third party here is science. They they're bringing yeah, I, in. Yeah, I was gonna say, you said bring in an X. I was gonna say they bring in an expert. Expert, yeah, yeah. Because you know they're not they're not trying to play the takeaway here. They're trying to play the everybody. This is the this is the peer pressure point. Well, how many times have you seen a headline or heard somebody say that all scientists? agree. You hear that a lot with climate change. All the scientists say that this is, and you're like, all, all of them? Right. My response Because to I that. know of hundreds who have signed petitions and papers and things that 
don't agree. Yeah, my, my, my response to anybody who would say that, and I don't end up talking to those people very often, strangely enough, but uh, it's all the science. Yeah, sure, all of them agree, except for the ones that have been censored. Right. Except for the hundreds and thousands that have been censored. Yeah. Or, the ones that those, don't, or the ones that don't agree. Yeah. Well, but the ones that have been don't agree, they've been censored. So Right. Or since, they're afraid to speak up because they'll lose their job. Right. Since I, I, I was talking to a neighbor recently, and he was, I was surprised to find out he really believes the mainstream press. And I was like, well, no, th- these guys have been censored. And he's like, well, no, there's, there's alternative press. You know, just because it's not on MSNBC, CNN, or whatever, that doesn't mean it's not in the press. And I'm going, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing my hands up in the air right now. It's like, you don't look at that as censorship. You don't see what they're doing as censorship. Well, okay. It's not <laughs> censorship when the powers, the media powers prevent them from speaking. Yeah, right. He was, uh, he, he was kind of styling himself as a libertarian. And I'm going, okay, you don't, you don't see the conflict here? Anyway. Th- no, and they're just protecting us from misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies. That's all. They're protecting right. us. Uh, and I'm going to swap points five and six here because this leads us to the next point or the, the, the point after number uh, five, which is number six. Number six comes after number five. They gaslight you. Right. And this is what he's, he's been gaslighted, this guy. And he's he, acting like, like the tech giants do. They're like, well, if you don't like Twitter, form your own Twitter. And, it, and when Parler creates their own Twitter, then they get uh, swiftly deplatformed in a cartel-like fashion by Google, Apple, and Amazon, who are all partners of Twitter. They, they link to uh, host, publish, facilitate the Twitter discussion through their mechanisms. <laughs> and it's like, again, I'm throwing my hands up in the air. Well, even, so even, so you've just got ga- you, you're just gaslighting us. In a very specific episode, uh, Utah's former governor, Governor Herbert, told us that the, the virus was spreading because of our, quote, bad behavior. It's your fault. Yeah, it's your fault. He said that young people aren't taking it seriously enough. He, it was incredible. He, he stood up there and blamed us. And it's the same thing that's going on with the race riots and everything. It's like, well, this is your fault, not our fault. Uh, people will try to shed light on the fact that where the, where the racial problems are the worst, they've been Democrat-run cities. And again, I'm not like a big Republican fan, but that's <laughs> just a, sh- a shame that I even have to bring that up. But to qualify my statement, but these are Democrat, very, very leftist run cities for the last 50 to 70 years that are having all these problems and they want to, their solution is more government. The, it's funny to me how the, the educators will always trot out their, their plight like, oh, you know, the public schools are failing and, and they're failing because you people aren't giving us enough money. And so if we had more money, and they keep getting more and more money, and they keep failing and failing and failing. The war on drugs is failing. Why? It's because you guys keep taking the drugs. Meanwhile, they're shipping them in and putting more and more money into enforcement. And so it seems like if we're really going to be honest about this, the more money we give them, (laughs) the worse it gets. Well, okay. Anyway, uh, point number five Um is that they expect the best. And it says, after all the abuse you just heard, this one may make you feel good. 
except for the fact that you're dating a psychopath. But psychopaths believe they deserve the best, and so they want you to be the best. You know, so stay home, stay safe, be safe and effective. No, wait a minute, that's the vaccine. But, you know, this virus, um, how did you put it? What did Gary Herbert say? It's because of our love. You're yeah, such he, loving he people. He once said that our, this virus is using our love for, for one another to spread through the community. So you, you are good people. As if You're, the virus is some kind of calculating <laughs> conspiratorial entity that's like, how can we infiltrate the people? Let's use their love. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So uh, I would call this flattery. Um, it's interesting because, and I love the Book of Mormon. I'm going to bring it up again to our widely diverse audience here. But the, the, the Antichrists and the false leaders and teachers in the Book of Mormon would always use flattery, flattery to lead away the hearts of men. When you get somebody who tells you, oh, we love you, we care about you, you guys are so good, but you could be, if you'll just do what we tell you to do, you'll be that much better. This is a theme that you hear not just in um, I wouldn't, politics, but you hear it in schools and churches and all kinds of stuff. I wouldn't stuff. have to hit her if she'd just listen. Right. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Right. That's, it, 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 that's essentially what they're saying. But when That's you what s- happens after the flattery. When the flattery doesn't work, then they get frustrated. Right, but then they'll tell you this is for your own good. I, I'm, is, I'm, have you had... Do, have any of your kids spanked your kids? I... W- <sighs> doing this for your own good well that's what's happening now that's a phase we're in with the governments you know cox i always like to bring him up because he's such an easy example of a of a of a sociopathic narcissistic wannabe at least desperate (laughs) leader you know he recently said that you can't be you know when somebody shows up he was talking about the the incoming lifting of the mask mandate he's saying when someone does still want to wear a mask you can't get after him you can't yell at him and if they ask you to put one on just wear the damn mask and i'm thinking you got this backwards because it, you can't it, yell at people who it, don't it want to wear a mask it goes both ways yeah. and he doesn't see it that way but you can see that he's getting frustrated and he he has this way of of being sort of passive aggressive when when he's not being listened to the way he wants to be. And he yeah. really pumps on his Twitter feed. He really pumps his speeches. He, he, put, he links to them a lot. Look at my speeches. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. So I just had a glimmer of hope for Utah and America because, you know, I think that a lot of people are not, I think there's got to be a ton of people that have turned off Twitter or they're not listening to it because that's, that's really maddening. That's maddening behavior. And I think that it, he, he does come across as desperate and, one of the things I've noticed with, say, the older generation or, or people who are just the hard workers in society is they're like, well, yeah, 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 but I've just got to do my job. I think there's a lot of people that aren't listening to it. And so the fact that they're not seeing it at least demonstrates they're disconnected from, well, the, these, from, the, from Twitter, at least that in was, some way. That was, a, an exp- that was a, a frustration that was expressed by Herbert and also Dunn, Angela Dunn, the epidemiologist, you know, last year in these press conferences, I started tuning into them and they were, I wish more people had watched them because they would infuriate enough people that maybe we could have changed our trajectory, but they would, they would express in those things that, that not enough people are listening to us. We, I guess we could conclude that we really do have a headline driven society, right? We, we're, we're path of least resistance. We'd look at the headline and headlines can be completely misleading. 
Well, that's even people. I hear people in our community saying, "Yeah, the mask the masks are going away on April 10th. Masks are going away on April 10th." Yeah, and 10th. that's not what well the text they're, of the they're not though. The mandate may be lifted if we hit certain checkpoints. Well, I think the mask mandate is lifted uh, specifically, but there are other but counties can still yeah they keep theirs. Businesses can still keep theirs. So little could it's possible that nothing will change. They just take away the state mandate, mm-hmm. which here in Utah, we didn't have a state mandate till late November anyway. Well, the problem is we've got all these do-gooder corporations that are worried about press coverage that are going to try to keep the mandate in place. Well, yeah, well they're, not I, the, they're going to keep it in place in their stores. Yeah. And that's where I think we we would see actual change is, is big box stores like Target and Walmart or local, you know, we have a couple big local grocery chains. If they took it away and started saying optional, then you'd start seeing more faces. Yeah. But right now they're not. And so you still have to wear this mask to, you know, legally enter their stores. Now, I've been doing, I haven't worn a mask in these stores at all and have not had any, any problems. I think they're going to see a wave of that after April 10th. They're, they're going to, I hope so. I hope that this is where the headline driven society might work in favor of freedom as people show up and say, oh no, 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 it's over. Well, I know, I know a police officer who uh, was telling me he was in a grocery store the other day and then the, the, um, the manager ended up, he was, he was off duty, but because he was in his car, the manager wanted to talk to him about something. There was a counterfeiting issue, right? And it's funny because he wasn't really in the mood to be diplomatic. So he's like, <laughs> the counterfeiting thing was one thing, but he also pointed out because the, the store had kept someone's money and they didn't know if it was counterfeit. They just suspected it. And he's like, well, I wouldn't want to be you because it's a civil thing. You have their money, whether it's real or not, you can't prove it. And now you took their money and they walked away frustrated and didn't get anything in exchange for it. So they, so the store manager confiscated somebody's money. Yeah. This is like a counterfeit counterfeiting is a little bit of a tricky issue. If, if it's clearly counterfeit, then you're in good as, as a merchant, you're in a a good uh, legal standing to keep it without without giving them any money. But I think in some cases you're supposed to keep it. There's corporate policies, right? Cause these are big chains. I know. And I've, I worked in retail for a little bit and we were instructed to, if we suspected something was to put the bill aside, but I don't recall not, you know, denying the transaction. Now it never, it never came up. I think it depends. 98% of the transactions that I handled were cards. Did you ever? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you rarely get a hundred dollar bill or whatever. Anyway, the circumstances of this were kind of interesting. It was an older bill. And then there was a kind of a conflict between the manager and the person that passed the bill and they walked away without their money and without their, their goods. And so this, uh, acquaintance of mine, this police officer, he's like, well, you know, you're the one that's taking all the liability here because you don't know if it's counterfeit and you have their property. It's a civil case. They could sue you. What's my recommendation? Find those people and give them their money back. <laughs> well, how do we do that? It's not my problem, you know? And, and besides that, the local police aren't in charge of counterfeiting and, and these uh these corporations want to pawn off the responsibility by getting the police involved so that now the police have your stuff you know and, and we did the right thing and so they, they there's this sort of a do-gooder mentality there that uh, you know we're the heroes of the community and the press loves us or whatever flattery right 
So anyway, it's real quick. It's just it's interesting that you bring that up because the Floyd incident all started with a counterfeit or a suspected counterfeit bill that some some gas some station, gas station had to make a big. Store. They had to call the cops. Yeah, because oh, they're counterfeiting. Right, and I I never heard if the bill was actually counterfeit or not. <laughs> That's an interesting. I, I, it might part be out the there. Story. That 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 information might be out there. I I haven't looked that deeply into it but anyway that's interesting well whether it's counterfeit or not and i want to i want you to watch at some point this uh, murder among the mormons uh documentary on netflix it was it was really pretty good about mark hoffman you know in the forgeries right we've touched on that and he had here. forged he had forged all kinds of stuff and and some of the people that were talking about it that were in the community of rare documents they're like nobody wants to know what he forged because as long as it's got a certificate of authenticity, it's real. Right. You know, it, what, what does it matter? And th- that, that brings up a whole new discussion on the non-fungible tokens, the NFTs, the, where people are now uh, using cryptology to hand out uh, ownership of digital copyable things, you know, copy, they're, they're managing copyright in that way or, or, it's not even copyright. They're managing ownership. Like you just have the bragging rights to own, uh, for example, Jack supervillain Dorsey's first tweet. How would you own that? Via a non-fungible token. He sold it for several million dollars. Did you know about that? No. I mean, mean, it's on Twitter. It's on the internet. I know, but someone owns the first tweet. They own the the rights to it via what they call a non-fungible token. So how does that ownership work? I can't retweet that without permission. Um, Does it still exist on Twitter as a tweet? I think so, yeah. I think it still exists on Twitter, but someone owns it. So can I monetize my old Facebook posts? If you can get somebody to buy them, yeah. Do you want to buy them? No. What about... My tweets. What about my? What about your tweets? Hey, does anybody want to? Your seventeen different accounts. Does anybody want to buy this podcast? If you want to buy any of the tweets from the various false name uh, pseudonyms that uh, Bobby has on Twitter, please comment on mindvirus.show. We love to have your comments on there. I guess what is is it? It's just a collectible thing. It's a collectible. It's like a, I own Jack Dorsey's it's, it's first It's sort of tweet. bragging. It's like a, it's a modern, because we have so much money out there right now, it's sort of a, a modern te- technocracy bragging rights. I mean, I understand. I could understand wanting to own, you know, a, a first edition or, a, or an original painting, that kind of thing, because the thing is a thing. It has tangible value. It, you can put it on a wall. You can't put a tweet on a wall. I mean, you could, but it's virtual real estate. It's virtual real estate. It's cyberspace. I guess I don't quite understand how. What I, I mean, know? Can't look, I I'm, just get a screenshot of the same thing? And yeah, put, and put it in my hard drive. Yeah, like, but you don't own it. But I don't. I guess I don't understand the ownership aspect. Of I know. It. I know. But I also don't understand why fa- Facebook and Twitter are valued in the billions when they don't actually produce a a product other than our data that they sell to everybody it's perception of reality but you know these you know these these companies not only trade on the stock market but they're very facebook especially is a big is a big mover on the stock market how facebook goes go 
goes the the market in many cases just like apple 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 basically controls the the direction of the nasdaq you know all the the tech funds uh-huh. how apple goes how everyone else goes because apple's enormous but apple that makes sense apple creates products that we everybody buys can i like own, an iphone uh, yeah no, yeah this would be like buying the picture uh, a picture of the first iphone but not a right. physical picture it would be a digital picture. So who do you know who who paid for this? I don't know tweet? who paid for the. I'm tweet. gonna have to. We'll have to look into that. That's bizarre. There's some other stuff that was purchased via crypto. Anyway, NFT, non fungible tokens. These are uh, tokens that are non fungible, <laughs> meaning not pass aroundable. I think is the way we would describe that. It kind of blows my mind. I I think it's a symptom of the massive bubble that we're in. You know, if we're thinking there's about there's lots of money being pumped into the system. Yeah, the the economic uh, situation is untenable. Whether it explodes into hyperinflation or drops into deflation, or you get stagflation. I mean, you if you can figure of, that out, please comment on the podcast, think, and then we'll I, all be benefits. I think a lot of I of think it. a lot of it. You know, you have all this money in the system, which is driving costs up of material goods and. You know, yeah. even just fast food and groceries, there's, I think there's a lot of reasons, but one of them I think is that there's so much money being pumped into the system. P- plus when it comes to material goods, you have a lot of demand for home, homes being, are being built at all time, crazy prices. If you're out there and you want to sell your house, now's the time. Yeah. See the, the, the big debate. This well, is not financial advice. <laughs> we're not paid financial advisors. One of the big questions out there, and, and it seems to be like a lot of people think that it's going to be inflationary, but our our monetary system is based in debt. Every single Federal Reserve note was borrowed into existence. Every dollar was borrowed into existence, and then it got multiplied by the fractional reserve system. And I'm not going to get too deep into that right now, but the problem is if you get a lot of people defaulting, it destroys money. And so there's the idea that perhaps the government is printing frenetically because there's so much destruction of money occurring that they need to put that money in the system and it has the appearance of hyper or uh, significant inflation at first, but then it's leading to a crash because it just can't be sustained. So I don't know if you figure, like I said, if you figure that out, please uh, post in the comments or email us or something so that we can be beneficiaries of your clairvoyance. Did we make it through the list? No, we didn't. We were, we were talking about uh, NFTs. Again, that, that'll be an interesting subject at some point. But number seven, back, okay, tracing back to the, which we're just getting through the first tangent, which is uh, current events. <laughs> uh, and, and somehow we're fixated on signs that you're dating a, a psychopath. I find this like um, very, very magnetic. I'm attracted to it like a moth to a flame. No, no. I'm burning up. Uh, number seven, there is no real emotional attachment. So there, the psychopath, I guess, what we're saying is would discard you like they would a used McDonald's uh, fry container or Big Mac wrapper. It says uh, they form artificial shallow relationships designed to be manipulated in a way that benefits most the psychopath. People are essentially seen as pawns used to forward the psychopath's goals. Psychopaths rarely feel guilty regarding any of their behaviors, no matter how much they hurt people. Well, I mean, case closed, point made, 
the prosecution rests. <laughs> Number eight, they trap you. So as part of the accelerated relationship, they make sure that you are controlled so it would be difficult to escape. Okay, do we need to explore on this one? Do we need to expand into any of the mechanisms so being they, used? They, they lock you in your basement? <laughs> but, well, here's what they say. Whether this be through a joint bank account or moving in with you immediately. <laughs> Think about that in a, in, a, in, a, in a relationship type of a sense. If you move in with somebody, they're in your home. It's going to be hard to get rid of them. Um, a joint bank account. Yeah, hard to, hard to extract from. We're sharing everything, but then they, then they abuse. Sounds like socialism. This is all for your own good. We're sharing everything here, but you're only sharing a very small portion of this pie, but you're putting in a lot, and that's good right. because you're good. You're the, we like to see the best in you. Well, they, the, the last 12 months, we've seen this on a mass scale. All of these, you know, elements of all of these points. And we're not even to number nine. You're going to love number nine, but Are keep you, going. Are we to number nine now? Well, we, that was number eight. But, okay. But keep going. Finish your thought and then... No, I'm done. I totally cut you off. You did? Okay. You'll love this one. You'll want to comment on it. Number nine, they make you feel grateful for them. This is the they love big brother. Um, right. Listen to this. <laughs> Throughout the relationship, they have mostly isolated you from your social circle and your friends. This makes you more focused on them. <laughs> You start to see them as the only person you can rely on. Okay, comment. Go ahead. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I mean, if you're not seeing the parallels between that and your governor, your county commissioner, your state epidemiologist, all of these Twitter docs, all of these uh, people that are, that are capitalizing on this, then you're probably not listening to this show to begin with. <laughs> but the media did this, you know, Last March, the news was the only live television out there. There were there were no sports. There were there, you could watch replays and things that were already on Netflix, but television and movie production shut down. Live sports shut down. Your social circles shut down. Your church shut down. Your school shut down. All you had to do was sit in your home and watch TV. And what and what was on TV? The news. And what did the news tell you? Stay home. Stay safe. Stay home. Stay scared. Stay home, save stay effective. lives. Stay effective. And we didn't get effective till later, but, but yeah, th this is incredible. And through all this, I've seen little things kind of like this passed around, like signs you're you're dating a, or you're in a, an abusive relationship. An abusive relationship. And it's a lot of the yeah. same things. We are in an abusive relationship with the government. We, but not just the government, because in our in our sort of blended governmental system we have what we traditionally call the government but we also have corporations churches uh nft or uh, uh ngos you know you said non-government yeah non-governmental organizations like, like the who or the un let's let's remember the non part of that non-governmental organizations right. like the cd cdc is sort of a quasi-governmental but is the National Institute of Infectious Diseases that Fauci works for, is that even governmental? I think it is. Probably got all kinds of money going into it. But I'm sure there's all kinds of but yeah. corporate. Anyway. Well, we know there's corporate money involved as World, well. The World Gates Hel Foundation yeah. is, is, and that's another NGO or these foundations. Yeah, we the World Health Organization those. for sure is that way. And 
they have governments that donate, but they're they're non-governmental. Right. The WEF, our friends at the World Economic Forum and their Great Reset. That sounded kind of Spanish. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I just saw an opportunity to roll a bunch of R's. If you are going to do Klaus Schwab. <laughs> I wasn't doing Klaus Schwab. I just okay. thought maybe it's an old Tony the Tiger thing. Remember? Oh, you're great. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. There you go. Anyway. But you have all of this. We are in an abusive relationship, like like checkpoint abusive relationship. Okay, hold your thought. This is the the rest of that paragraph. They want you to feel like you're the only person you can rely on, quoting some doctor here. This loving creature is the last person you'd expect to hurt you. Unfortunately, they're a master of manipulation. Having spent their entire life perfecting the art of playing people like puppets, the transgressions grow bigger. Their, their refrain that you're crazy and ungrateful becomes stronger. A lie repeated often enough feels like the truth. This is like Goebbels and Hitler, by the way. Mm -hmm. A lie repeated often enough feels like the truth. Let me just say that one more time. Let me repeat that. Let's repeat this often. A lie repeated often enough feels like the truth. As you feel more disconnected from others, they tell you you should be grateful that they're still in your life. Your mask protects me. My mask protects you. Stay safe. home, stay safe. Safe and effective. Our vaccines safe. are safe and effective. And effective. Safe. And effective. There have been so many lies repeated over and over, you know, and, and we've repeated over and over the truth that that they're the, lying. The lie that is the foundation of everything is that healthy people are actually sick. Asymptomatic spread is the driver of pandemics. That is a lie. It is a lie that all of this is based on. And it's interesting that. I think I said something on Twitter a few months ago. My tone on Twitter, I tend to be a little bit concise, sarcastic or to the point. But I said a while ago, I said the conspiracy theorists and the preppers were right all along. And it's true. You know, now we have these vaccine passports that are being rolled out. Even Biden, the Biden administration, what we call the Biden administration, is starting to explore the idea of, of credentials that prove that you're vaccinated in order to participate in society. New York State is doing the same thing. You have, it, uh, you have these things taking place internationally. This is, the, this is the part in the abusive relationship where you start getting punched for your own good. Yeah. For your own safety, we're going to punch you in the face. And if you object to us, we're just going to continue to beat you, and the beatings will continue <laughs> until morale improves. I'm doing this for your own good. For your own good. It's for your own good. And you think about the abuse. In, in, in many ways, there are a lot of people who have already been being punched in the face for the last year, particularly people who couldn't afford to work from home people who couldn't afford to have their schools shut down. Uh, and, and really all of us in some way have been punched in the face over the last year by an abusive NGO, government, corporation. Multinational you know, the, corporation. The, the whole conglomerate of abusers. And again, I think every week we bring up the, at least the phrase of Thomas Jefferson, a long train of abuses. Right. 
we are we are we are enduring a long train of abuses and at what point do we say enough unfortunately that i think a lot of people are it's just the emperor we're it, in that emperor's it, it, new clothes moment where there's a bunch of people who are holding the train high like those folks at the game making their kids wear the masks that we started out that's what started us on this big long tangent on current events right kids in masks and kids are going to be masked up at least in this state masked up and tested longer and more often than any other demographic which just is proof that this is this is screwed up it's proof that we're being manipulated because they have the lowest potential uh, it's it's like virtually an impossibility 99.997% survivable for anyone under the age of 25 they don't spread it they don't contract it they don't have symptoms the vaccine is available to anyone who wants it now in utah so the the excuses that they all used for a year are gone right if if, if someone now, now the excuse is that we all need the vaccine or a certain percentage of the public needs the vaccine and that's never been how vaccines work you get one and you are protected from said disease whether someone has it or not that's the whole point of getting right. inoculated so if somebody says anything to me about not wearing a mask i've got a great built-in rebuttal go get your vaccine and be quiet yeah, your vaccines go to Wal- go to Walgreens and get your vaccine and leave me alone. It's all there now for you. Your excuses are gone, which is why I was saying earlier it's going to be a rough time if we actually move beyond this for the true believing mask people. It's going to be a rough because their religion is crumbling right before their eyes. Well, that's the thing; they have control of the mechanisms of power. That's the problem. They're all well. Some of them. The ones in power do. I'm I'm thinking more of the run of the mill. Who are where are the heroes that are gonna that are gonna turn the tide? Because the uh, there's a lot of people that aren't gonna believe any of this until they see it on KSL or well, C- CBS, NBC. Those ABC, and, and that's why it's gonna be a rough year because it's not gonna show up on in those outlets until it serves those outlets' interests. So you know already. You have governments and governors and and their little barnacles, like state epidemiologists and things like that, congratulating themselves. You know, Spencer Cox is is acting like a conquering hero. He's he's acting like he's done something just incredible by delivering this vaccine. Of course, he didn't do anything. The vaccine came from out external sources. All he did was place an order. And I don't even know if he did that. It might have been his predecessor. But regardless, he's acting like a hero, but also telling us to continue to wear the mask and social distance. And, and, and no one's doing that. You can go out in our communities and the stores are packed, the restaurants are packed, the, the, the parks and the trails. And people are living their lives. They just have masks on. Yeah, still a lot of people in the stores with masks. Strangely, the people in the um, restaurants are not wearing masks. There was... You ever ever tried to eat with a mask on? We linked to, I believe, in the last episode, a uh, CBS story about some Mexican entrepreneurs who have created a nose mask. It's brilliant. That way you can have the, the mask on your nose while you're eating. But I don't see any, I haven't really seen any nose masks in the wild here. 
And I think they might have come to market a little bit too late because now we have the vaccine. But uh, yeah, the the mask at the restaurant illustrates the oh, it, criminal insanity of the entire thing that somehow while you're eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't need it while you're eating. While your server has gloves on and a mask and then they touch their mask with their gloves and somehow you're safe. I mean... And everybody's plates and glasses and forks and everything else. They're wearing the gloves, but then they're handling other people's plates. Uh, well, the, right off the bat, this was all exposed as a fraud because right off the bat we were all told to lock down or to stay home unless you didn't unless you needed to go out did i if you needed to go to walmart go ahead if you needed to go to home depot go ahead if you needed to go drive through mcdonald's go ahead as if there weren't people in those stores working as if somebody wasn't in mcdonald's create you know making the food that i was going to eat dun, 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 dun. <laughs> They're loving it. <laughs> like, like the the absurdity was right was right there. In it's front been of there us in front of the us whole the whole time. time. The emperor has been naked the whole time. He's been lounging in your living room. <laughs> He's hairy, swarthy, covered in hair, naked on the couch, <laughs> hasn't showered, <laughs> and he's watching your television and eating your potato chips. You need to. What was the phrase? In, recognize that he's naked. I think Isaiah put it a little bit more uh, eloquently. Okay. What, what did he say that there are? Uh, they are abusers eating of our substance. What was the phrase? Oh, you're, are you talking about uh, Jefferson in the Declaration? Swarms of officers to harass us and eat of our substance? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That was Might as well have been Isaiah. I thought Isaiah said something similar. Well, we got to go look for it. We might anyway, need to do a little bit better research. Jefferson put it a little more. Uh, he put it in the Declaration. Erected, erected multitudes of offices and sent forth hither swarms of officers to harass us and eat of our substance. And that's really been obvious this last 12 months. Yeah. We're at almost two hours. So that was good. This whole show has been a tangent. I, I was two thinking ta two, tangent two tangents in a in row. A row. I was hoping we might get to something more philosophical, but I couldn't put my finger on what it is. Although I think, you know, we, we thought maybe we'd talk about how the truth will come out. And this is a process, I think, of the truth coming out. The, the, the lies become so absurd that the people then, you know, some, some people, the noblemen, the people that perceive themselves as the noblemen, they're going to continue to go maybe to their graves with with these lies and that is an unfortunate reality is that you you know you get to select what you believe here but uh the scriptures do talk about the truth being shouted from the housetops and i think that it has to be said from the housetops from neighbor to neighbor because it doesn't get put on ksl doesn't get put on msnbc fox cnn or whatever it has to be told from neighbor to neighbor and then the people come out of their slumber the the desert blossoms as a rose because there is a famine of truth in the land and so this this is part of the process where we we wake up and we we tell our friends the emperor is not wearing any clothes and that's been a common theme we've been talking about and so it is philosophical it is it is a philosophical discussion 
I think I'm hopeful that we can move past coronavirus though. It's such a dominant it's every downer. It, you can't escape it. And that's part of the, I think that's part of the design of this is that everything we do is framed in it. You know, you, you, you watch, if you're watching the basketball tournament, the announcers talk about it. You see the coaches and the referees wearing masks. You see the players socially distanced. You hear about teams missing games or players missing games in, in all of these sports that are happening. You go to the store. It's yeah, these faces these, everywhere. This the dots everywhere. Well, the scripting, the scripting on the television shows and everything, that's intentional. It's like the sign you saw at the local high school that says, make sure to wear your mask while you're taking selfies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a definite set of directives that are coming down from psychopaths, sociopaths, people who, and I'm not saying, I know I'm broadly stereotyping here, but in general, they're, they're working for a, for a psychopathic, sociopathic, narcissistic machine here. And it, we're far enough, we're far enough into this that, that governors and, you know, underlings the the data the information's all there and they're still acting as if there's a crisis they're still acting as if if we don't do certain things namely mask isolate take the vaccine that we're all going to die you know like the CDC director who said please please I'm pleading with you hang on just a little longer i don't even know what that means hang on to what Hang, stick with us a little long. Stick, just listen just to us. Continue, continue to give you power over my behavior. I mean, continue to hide in my basement. Yeah, it's kind of silly because, like, what what is the downside of not hanging on? What you're going to go out and uh, interact with people, and you have a ninety nine point nine nine percent chance of surviving. Well, a few weeks ago, you might recall that the Texas governor lifted the mask mandates in Texas, and the oh yeah, we were going to check in on this. The, so the people. I heard in the news that everyone in Texas died. So remember, remember Gavin Newsom said it was rec- <laughs> reckless. Reckless. Uh, Joe Biden called it Neanderthal thinking. You had a lot of Twitter commentators saying it was going to destroy the state and that everybody in Texas would die. And you're right. Everybody, Texas is gone. They all got on a container ship. They went through the Suez Canal. And they got, they got stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh, hold on. Everybody in Texas didn't die. In fact, hospitalizations are down like 40%. Cases are down. Everything is down. You know why? Because this virus is seasonal. The virus follows seasonal patterns to a T. Geographical seasonal patterns, which is why there is a slight rise right now in the Northeast. Because this is the normal time for the Northeast, New York, New Hampshire, etc. To have a rise in seasonal viruses. Just like last year, you might recall, when New York got the big spike. I've been instructed only to remember the last week. Yeah, the last five minutes. The last five minutes. So Texas, like Florida, did not descend into uh, bring out your dead scenario or overwhelmed hospitals. Interestingly Mm -hmm. enough, something's going on in New Zealand with their hospitals. Their hospitals are apparently collapsing and being overrun but has nothing to do with covid but they have they can't keep up with the demand for other problems and in really new zealand new zealand's are one of our favorite models of a it's corporatized police state because you have a a a do-gooder woman there 
Yeah, there's like this do-gooder woman prime minister, and she happens to be LDS, Mormon. Former. Former? Oh, she quit? Yeah. Why does the church love her so much then? I don't know. Okay, well. Uh, LDS people tend to make really good cogs. If you're, if you're, cause, because of the follow the prophet mentality, they tend to make really good cogs in the corporate slash governmental police state machine because they don't tend to question authority. And that's, that's a really interesting topic for another day. <laughs> they also are really good at language skill, skills because a lot of them have been on missions. Right. But uh, anyway, uh, there's a little bit of a, in my opinion, just a top-down control mechanism type of a of a model and and paradigm that we really should we should really try to distance ourselves from if we're really going to follow Joseph Smith's philosophy. It would be to learn correct principles and govern ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just point that out to, to you LDS listeners. But anyway, so New Zealand is having a problem in their hospitals, and they happen to be run by an ex-Mormon, and they happen to have recently engaged in massive gun control and lockdowns and all the things. Severe lockdowns. Uh, they, they had a central banking crisis recently because they weren't able to sell bonds into the market, and uh, they're, they're trying to control their housing markets. So they're really dealing with all of the types of problems you have when you have to have a, an oligarchy expert controlled economy. The, the economy needs to, to move in an organic way and that, that way it solves all of its own problems and it stays efficient and it's not always safe, but it's effective and it, it gets the job done and people are able to transact and, and interact in ways that they perceive are the best and so things get done and and food gets out and supplies get taken care of but when the government tries to run everything everything comes to a grinding halt and only the wealthy and the elites and those people that are blessed by the establishment in in russia you'd call them party members uh or sorry former soviet union china same type of thing it's the party members who get all the benefits that we in America have come to uh, know are available to anyone willing to work for them, right? So, so that's the type of thing that's going on in New Zealand. You're literally seeing them shift in, in a really clunky way towards towards a you know a really terrible socialist outcome. But uh, I, I derailed you on you were telling us about how their hospitals are being clogged up by not cockroaches or some other. <laughs> plague but yeah yeah i i need to look more into it but they, they're having a a, a non-covid related hospital crisis is it because everybody now wants to do all the things that they put off i'm not sure i think i, I it might have to do with uh hospital layoffs and oh and plus yeah plus they've limited the supply right that's another th- another thing that nobody is looking at we've just completely re- wrecked our economy and our society because the uh in the process of the whole you know who is essential non-essential we caused all this these backups and uh log jams in our in our modern economy which is based on a just-in-time inventory system which means that stores don't keep things in stock they they order them when they need them so they don't have to have a lot of warehouse space 
And we saw that in March of last year where there was the run on toilet paper and the run on all kinds of stuff where the stores had to start limiting your what you could purchase because people were buying up and and storing for the future for themselves when they hadn't previously done so. And so you have the same type of a, a supply problem in the medical industry because hundreds of thousands, if not millions of medical professionals had to change or shift jobs or work because of the fact that the hospitals were shut down except for COVID there for a little while. And so everything had to be COVID in order for people to be in hospitals for the hospitals to make money. And, and then all of the non-COVID things were backed up and people were dying of unrelated issue, you know, non-COVID issues, still being called COVID, of course. And a lot of people weren't getting health care. So then you get, um, you know, towards the, the fall of last year, you got a lot of people... We were hearing about the hospitals being overrun, but they were they were clogged up with people who had delayed their medical care. You know, yeah, we see that we're starting to see that all over the world, where late stage late stage cancer diag- diagnosis is on the rise because people didn't go to the hospital when they maybe would have, you know, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And there's also a, an emerging crisis of youth mental uh, mental health issues with youth that it's that is starting to overwhelm hospitals you're having we this is what kind of i touched on earlier when spencer cox brags about our economy here in utah we don't know if our economy is healthy or not we're still too close to these shutdowns and 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 suppressions to really know how it's all going to affect see i'm i believe there is no such thing as the economy the economy doesn't exist in the sense of this thing. No, people are the economy. Right. P- the economy, economics is just the study of interactions, Inter- interactions of people. Of people and point. what incentivizes people to, to buy and spend. But not just, it's not just money. It's, it's behavioral. It's, it's what, what causes people not to spend. What, 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 right. what causes people to choose Coke over Pepsi or Apple over Microsoft. It's really can get some some interesting and and complex situations and it's utterly uncontrollable yeah, you cannot how- centrally plan an economy all that means is you're trying to control people trying to control sure. a virus no you're just trying to control people and you can't do that you can't control people without violence well it's it's kind of silly also that cox would would want to take um credit for and and uh bask in the idea that we have the best economy going on right now it's it's kind of like winning the third grade um what the third grade hundred yard dash or something it's like we're not talking we're talking about a a low level bar here like the economy is messed up we're we're talking about beyond all recognition that's uh there's a technical term for that in the military and in programming they call that fubar f-u-b-a-r the last three letters stand for beyond our recognition. You can supply the first two letters if you'd like. But that's where the American and world economy is right now. And so Spencer Cox is claiming we're the best in that. Right. Aside from all the things that you... It was more important what you just pointed out. that It's all about controlling people. That's so so important to understand. And Yeah, in Utah, Utah's never turned down a, a federal handout. And a lot of our economy our growth is based on 
bailouts, whether it's CARES Act stuff or other emergency. We're, by the way, we're under a new emergency order right now here in the state that has to do with lack of rainfall and snow. We're in a drought emergency. Oh, that's an emergency? Yeah. So Utah, I. What are we going to do about that? It'd be really interesting to see how many months over the last, say, 10 years, Utah has been under some sort of emergency declaration because Herbert loved him some emergency declarations. Did all that federal money to rebuild I-15 come from an an emergency? Like uh, I have an emergency to build the freeway? I don't know. I'm pretty sure the the governor's office, uh, there was a scandal there that the media covered up between uh, Herbert and the Provo River Construction Company. By the way, if you try to Google that, I'm sure you won't find anything. But uh, the the I think totally the, corrupt. The point is that governments are corrupt, and they the try they try to control you and me, and call it and call it the economy, or they call it you know to say we have the best economy. What does that even mean? Because it means they're, they're lying <laughs> naked on your couch. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> but there's a lot of different ways to to measure. Economy. They fidu- usually use unemployment, which is a stupid metric because it it doesn't measure all unemployment. It doesn't t- take account for underemployment. It doesn't take into account for the small independent restaurant that's being forced to operate at fifty percent capacity and things like that. Imagine Fidel Castro lying naked on your couch, or let's. I think a lot of Marxist Robert, women do imagine Robert, that. Robert De Niro in his advanced age is eating <laughs> all the leftovers from your fridge, lying naked on your couch. Who's a really swarthy guy that we could use just to put the image into people's minds? I think to I think sear they got, it into I think, their. They I think, think they're I getting think, it. I think they got it. They're getting it. Okay, I, I'm getting some uncomfortable looks from Bobby right now. I'll stop <laughs> on that line of thinking. But we, seriously, it's that. It's worse than that. It's worse than that because it's destroying us. It's not. To say it's wrecked our economy is probably the wrong way to put it. I really appreciate how you put it. It's killing us as people. It's, it's people. killing. It's killing our interactions. It's killing the spiritual connections we have. It's killing the the temporal meaning in time, the physical type of things that we deal with to keep our our society going and to help us have positive interactions. We we don't realize how incredibly we blessed we are in the modern world. We have all this time. Because our interactions have created a system or an economy that benefits us and gives us gives us time for study and leisure, and we we mostly spend it on leisure, and we mostly spend it on haranguing each other on Twitter and and or or ogling people on on social media that we think have a, a better life than us or whatever, but or or watching binge watching um, shows that are always interesting, but. Uh, you know, there's all there's all those things that we do with our lives, but we have we have an incredible um, affluence, and we waste it in a lot of ways. We could be spending it on on greater pursuits, and now that 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 corrupt activity, that that aspiration for excess and and recreation and control and power has led to the point where. We've got to pay the piper. We've used up, we've used up all the positive benefits of having having created this type of a of a social interaction system, this economy, and now it ha- we have to suffer the consequences of destroying that, of 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 using it to excess, and that's just you know I'm going to reference back to our episode uh, entitled Avalanche. 
the end of such a thing is not pretty. One of, one of the things we had thought we might talk about, and, and we're kind of extending, we're in we're into stoppage time right now on this episode, right? Could we call this stoppage time? It mm-hmm. could end. It could end at any point in time. The referee could blow that whistle. We don't know. But there's this article on the coronavirus website, which I thought was great. These these guys, I think, not the coronavirus website. It was the Corona Circus website. And I, I think they asked this article you're going to refer to, I think we should talk about it next time, too, okay. in, in more in-depth. Because it's is got some foresh- really great stuff in there. This is a foreshadowing. And but- these, these guys, we've referred to them before. These guys or this guy, whoever it is, has been on point since last year. I recommend going to the website, going back to the very first post and reading all of their posts in order. There's only about 20 of them. Yeah, with the caveat that Bobby and I don't necessarily agree with everything, but sure. it, it's a good it's a good exercise to be thinking about the types of things they're thinking about. And they bring up they brought up some great points. One of the things we referenced was the kefabe. Kefabe? Well, how did we decide uh, you're the doctor of pronunciation? How did we decide that was pronounced? Kefabe. Kefwaba. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I think it was kefabe. Kefabe sounds right. But uh that was just some wrestler's interpretation of it on YouTube. So kayfabe is the idea that uh, there's a that professional wrestlers are living a lie. They're living in they're living a, out a false reality, and they have a a stage presence that they a persona that they who who they are in real uh, supposedly that's who they are in real life, and everyone knows it's fake. But in order for the for the feeling of the drama to to really be believable enough that people will pay for it they 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 assume those personas in their interactions with everybody in daily life they don't act like actors they act like the professional wrestlers and they live it up and they they you know like Hulk Hogan he he would anytime he's interacting with the public he would act like Hulk Hogan to give you the idea that this is the real thing. And so that's what kayfabe is. You, it goes beyond the mat. And uh, we referenced that. It was great because it's, it's, it's a good commentary these on wrestlers, society. These wrestlers stay in character for the, the rest of their lives. You know, Hulk Hogan has kind of done that. One of them who kind of has retired and kind of dropped the character is The Undertaker. You might remember The Undertaker who yeah. never said a word oh. as his character, right? I watched an interview with him and it was really interesting. Is he to like see. a philosopher, like well, he's an in, yeah, he's an interesting, <laughs> articulate guy, and it was interesting to hear his story and how he was trying to break through in this world of pro wrestling and and the uh, you know Vince McMahon who runs the show found him and thought I have a character that's perfect for a big dumb guy, and <laughs> he called him up and said. Vince McMahon called called this guy up and said, "Hey, can you be the Undertaker?" And I don't remember the guy's real name, but he said, "Sure, whatever. What, what does that mean?" But sure, and you know, and then he uh-huh. became. But this this idea where they're playing these characters, and some of them, like Hulk Hogan, will always be Hulk Hogan. And these guys are great athletes. I mean, these these guys are like the ultimate stuntmen. They're doing a a fairly dangerous right. performance. They do arc. get hurt. They get yeah. beat up and they get yeah. hurt. Uh, Dwayne Johnson's one of those guys that's been able to retire and, and create a new personality. Well, I think, he used to be the rock. I think he had to because I think 
WWF or WWE, whatever they're called now. I think they own the term The Rock. Oh, do they? Think, so he couldn't keep think, being The Rock. I don't think Dwayne The Rock Johnson can be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think he just has to be Dwayne Johnson. But but yeah, he's kind of moved on. He's still sort of that yeah. that meathead actor. But he does an okay job out in, you know, in the roles he plays in these movies. Anyway, uh, Corona Circus, great, great stuff. Um, they they did a review of their predictions because they were uh, like like I thought I thought Trump was going to be reelected and so did they and they were they have some rationale as to what's going on and and it's all about narrative control, right? Right. It's all about narrative control and I forget why I even brought these guys up. Do you remember? Well, we we were gonna we were gonna go, go look at one of their recent posts. And that was the uh, the review Predi- the of prediction reviews, which was yeah. posted a couple months or a couple weeks ago. We'll link to it. It's a really good website, and I think it's worth us not getting distracted by current events and looking maybe. Well, the in reason depth I, at that, yeah, not, the, not just the article, but they, the this, philosophy behind it. These guys have been really philosophical throughout the the pandemic and and making ties to all kinds of different philosophical, occult, ancient rituals, things like that. Again, we don't buy into all of it, but it's still really thoughtful and really interesting. The point, the point is there's this kayfabe going on, and it, it's this narrative that's being, being pushed on the public, the mind control that's being pushed on the public. And in this article, the one on the review of predictions, they talk about the, the sack of Rome and how the media has tried to kind of cast the January 6th capital invasion as a sacking of Rome or whatever. But the the issue is that w- when we're dealing with this mass mind control and mass mass mentality, uh, because again, getting back to Bobby's comment on the economy, it is, it's all about control of people. So if you want to control the, the economy, whatever that is, you control the people and you have to control the minds of the people. And so you have to, you know, if, if you're going to shift society, which is what we're dealing with here, the destruction of the world could be totally different than these apocalyptic movies where, where there's a war going on. But I, you know, like a physical war. I do think there's going to be a hot war at some point and it will be regional. It, but I, I don't think we're going to get to the point where you have like an I am legend scenario where everybody's dead or whatever. But but the uh, the point is there's a shift, a massive shift. You all know it. There's this massive shift going on in society and we want to be ready for it. We want to be able to sidestep the more egregious aspects of that. And in the review of predictions, article. These guys are great. They go on and they say, hey, we we were wrong about X, Y, Z. So what does that mean? Does it mean we're wrong about everything? Possibly. Does it mean that the timing is off? Possibly, whatever. And they, they, they draw some conclusions, but they bring up the sacking of Rome and they bring up the uh, these shifts in in society. And I, I thought it was really good. That's that's the, that's the point I wanted to make is we're we're either witnessing it right now we're living through that episode of the the sacking of Rome, or we're right in the uh, preceding stage of that. It's obviously there's there are things going on that <laughs> defy reality, and an America needs to realize it's dating a sociopath. <laughs> it is. Hey, uh, keep. Keep an eye on New Zealand. It's my belief that New Zealand is the petri dish for sort of a Western um, testing ground. 
testing ground petri dish for this top-down economic control. You know, in New Zealand is is traditionally been pretty pretty free market oriented, a lot of freedom in that country, and that's just gone. They don't have guns anymore. You know, those were taken away after the mosque shootings in Christchurch. Yeah. Um and and now they've they've been they've been literally locked up in their homes with 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 some proximity uh restrictions. You can only go well, five kilometers from your home, uh, things Austra- like that. Australia, Canada, and the UK also followed the same pattern. Now right. the UK is the, the most fur- the furthest advanced in the police state, but Canada and Australia aren't too far behind. And and you can see that that New Zealand is right now starting to go through that same thing. The isn't New Zealand part of the British Commonwealth mm-hmm. or was at, at it some is. point? It is. And so I, the the issue with America is that it's independent and we're going to ha- we're going to follow a little bit of a different pattern because we have we have a different take on say the right to bear arms or whatever but I think it's a good point we should be watching what they're doing there and you can see how like we have some friends we recently saw from that are from Canada they're like we're gone people they're stuck they have to do whatever the government says and the government people are starting to realize that that this is a problem but the government is still keeping people locked up so we can't we're host we can't do anything you know they they came down here they had to they had to they drove across the border and then had to take a plane out to salt lake area because if they flew across the border back home the, literally the canadian government would take them in a blacked out vehicle so they wouldn't know where they were to a hotel where they had to pay $2,000 a night to stay for three or four days while they did ran some tests or something to make sure they were safe to enter the country. Enter the country. That's how bad Canada yeah, is. Canada literally has these quarantine hotels for travelers but for, what's for with, both positive and negative COVID tests. But what's up with the blacked out van? Right. Why can't you know That's, that you're staying in the airport Hilton? Like, I mean, you know, that's in, that's that's like insidious. That's that's scary. It is. And I think a lot of a lot of what's going on is to make us afraid. Um, but keep an eye on New Zealand. I think they're a bellwether for how bold the NGOs and the oligarchy are going to be. Uh, just to tie up one other loose end. So New Zealand's prime minister, her name is her, her name is Yacinda Arden. And um, she, in 2017, Forbes, or Fortune, sorry, Fortune listed her as number two on the world's greatest leader list. Number two? Yeah, I don't know who they ranked as number one. I'm going to click. Was that Soldier of Fortune? (laughs) I want to see the link. Uh, The world's, oh, this link has changed. World's 25 greatest leaders, heroes of the pandemic. Wow. So... I'm guessing that. Well, I'm going to go back to 2017. 24. I of, I'm guessing 24 or 25 out of 25 of them could qualify as sociopaths or psychopaths. This, this, these lists, these lists are interesting. I'm looking for the one that had her ranked number two. Oh, here's one where Bill and Melinda Gates are ranked number two. They do this every year. The world's 50 greatest leaders. This is Fortune.com. Fortune. If you can get through all the ads that pop up. <laughs> so the heroes of the pandemic, the governors are ranked number four. Just the governors. 
Anthony Fauci ranked number five. Who's number one? Li Wenliang. I don't know who that is, but he's he's masked up in his picture. Number, so they're number, just pandering to China. Number two is Chris Gregoire. I don't know who she is. Number three is Jack Ma. He's disappeared. He came back. They he came back? Yeah. They found him? Yeah, but if you don't, Jack Ma is the president or CEO or the owner of uh, Alibaba. He's kind of the Chinese Jeff Bezos, is yeah, how people say it. But Alibaba's he disappeared the, for a while. Yep. I don't know how he's. Did he the, go to a re education camp? Maybe. I don't know how he's. How does he link to this? I have no idea. This is really an interesting list that we. This is like some sort of a mystery to be. There's a whole bunch of people here. on here I've never heard of. Not that I'm super, you know, into all of this, but. Yeah, I don't know a lot of these people. Ooh, Neil Ferguson's on there. Doctor, doctor, uh, <laughs> doctor, doctor, Pro- doctor, Doom Projection. He's the guy who got it all wrong with, right. the, with the projections, with the modeling. So it's Fortune.com. Yeah, Fortune Magazine. We got to figure out who owns them. But anyway, so Yasinda Arden, New Zealand. Keep an eye on them. And and yeah, our the LDS Church president visited her in 2018 or so and said that she's very courageous and has a great future ahead of her and that she she left the church in 2005 based on saying that the she had personal uh what's the word personal conflict with the church's views on gay rights so that's why she left hmm. but she did she did have a great future ahead of her of one of uh, oppressing and terrorizing her own people <laughs> and just continue to do that and is in the midst of that. Well, maybe we've run out of time, but we've given ourselves some things to talk about. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you all. If you have any comments on things we've said, want to make any corrections to things we've said or, or words we've pronounced or uh, have any ideas for future topics, or if you want to be on the podcast, you know, Think of a think of a name. Maybe we could fit you in. Okay, I found the. It's 2019 of the world's 50 greatest leaders list that has Yasinda Arden as number two. Number one is Bill and Melinda Gates. Oh, they were number two the prior year, right? Number three is Robert Mueller. Of the of Mueller investigating Trump right, fame. Right. Number four is Pony Ma. I don't know who that is. Pony, like as a horse. Pony oh, Ma. Okay. Five is Satya Nadella. I recognize that face. I think he was something to do with the who, maybe, or... But then number six is Greta Thunberg. Okay, so as <laughs> as you can tell, we're not necessarily taking this seriously, but you, we need to take... But they take it seriously. They take, that's the point. We need to take it seriously from the standpoint of it informs us as to the methods, to the, to the uh, structure to the potential playing out of events that they've strategized. That, that's why we're looking into this sort of thing. And that's what I like about the Corona Circus guys is that they are, are really in, in a, not really a scientific way or a logical, it's, it's logical, but it's also coupled with a, a good understanding of the esoteric and, and how, the, um, how the criminal syndicate is far more spiritual than you would think. So number 50, this is 2019, keep in mind. Number 50 is Scott Gottlieb, which I don't think a lot of people know who that is, especially in 2019, but he's kind of risen to fame during the pandemic. And it's odd that he's on there. It makes you wonder if maybe he's being 
was being groomed or groomed to play a bigger role. He he had something to do with health and human services. Or maybe they're doing the, the ramp. Maybe they're doing the ramp up. Like you see these lists, like people to watch. Watch out for these people. You're going to see them a lot more in the news. They're they're important people to well, trust. They're they're trustworthy. They're good. I, they're charismatic. As I clicked around on these, like Bill Bill Gates is on all the lists, like in some somewhere in the, that top ten range. Hmm. Like, and we've talked we've talked about Bill Gates a, a few to, a few times on this podcast and how he's got his hands and everything. But we've we've gone on too long. As far as. Uh, positive endings go i would like to say this <laughs> have a positive stay, stay home and stay safe have a no. positive apocalypse <laughs> yeah that's right have a po- the the question is the question in my mind is is this type is is this episode going to be titled a positive apocalypse or will it be titled you're dating a psychopath. We'll we'll figure that out after <laughs> after we get off the off the air here. But uh, but no, as far as positive things go, look the the Su- I think the Suez Canal incident that we started with. It's fitting that we come to the to the end there. God is at work. The acts of God are upon us. The wind in in uh, Utah today, the wind in our neighborhood here, blowing from Salt Lake because Salt Lake blows. Uh, <laughs> is evidence of of God's hand moving and simultaneous while, simultaneously while these evil people are at work attempting to control people meaning the economy and the world simultaneously God is at work the the reasons that this this world exists the way it exists in my estimation are because there was evil in the cosmos and it had to be quarantined in a place like this where the gods of light could figure out who would be loyal to light, who would be loyal to truth and life, and who was committed to entropy and lies and destruction and essentially sucking the life out of other, other entities and, and living off of their intelligence and their life essence. And we're seeing that split demonstrating itself in the world today don't don't lose hope don't lose sight of the fact that there there is a real even though it appears that the side of darkness is so powerful there is a side of light and and the gods of light or our our great god the father and and the son and all and those other entities that and we we profess to be monotheistic i know I, i get hung up on this but if we believe in a father and we believe in a son this is the logic of joseph smith if we believe in a father and we believe in a son, then we believe in two gods. That's a plurality of gods. It's okay. And Joseph, was, Joseph said in the very last public speech called the Sermon in the, in the Grove, he said, I've always preached the plurality of gods. And he's right. He, never, he just didn't mention the mother specifically to, in public. But anyway, so if I say the gods, please don't take offense. But the gods of light are still at work. They're out there. And there is sort of a, uh, a necessary aspect of this loyalty tests that we're involved in that requires the people who are allying with evil and darkness to actually do it. They have to do it. And uh, again, just like uh, William Wallace, Mel Gibson and Braveheart says, you know, every man dies. That's the only thing they've got on us is fear, death, loss of memory, death, right? The pain of death, the pains of this world. 
Every man dies. Everybody. But not every man really lives. That is so, so powerful, so significant. And I hope that uh, you out there that are listening will, even though we've, we've tangentized, uh, postulated, and had a little bit more of another deep dive into <laughs> the, the things that are ailing us, I hope you'll live. I hope you'll go out and live and that you'll, you'll be happy and, and, and look for the signs of life that you're seeing here in this spring season and, and look for the evidences of God in your life in the elements, uh, in the, uh, the inspirations you have, God is real and will speak to you. He, he and they do come to those who diligently seek them in ways that are more real than I can explain and ways that you'll understand when, when you hear it. And you need, to, you need to realize we're caught up in that cosmic conflict and we, we are, we are going to experience, the, there's no doubt about it. It's just the timing and the, the particular manners in which this uh, situation changes, those are, the th- those are the elements that are up for grabs. We don't know how exactly that's going to play out, but, but pick a side and be that side. And I hope you'll pick the, the side of light. We appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Until next time. <laughs>